Yo, 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 we back, we back. What's up, man? It's the Truth PNB Podcast at the PNB Pod, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Just wanted to let y'all know that we had to make the switch. We went from SoundCloud, Shorty wanted to upgrade you. So now, <laughs> <laughs> so now we on Spotify. So check us out on Spotify. We trying to get our streams up. Forget what Beyonce said. Trying to get my streams up. But I got my man Geechee here to my right. What's been going on, man? What's going on, man? We out here, man. We out here. To my left, I got a special guest, man. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. How's everybody doing? My name is Marco Quay. Ah, uh, man. Jersey bread. DMV living now. Yeah, I get up on the mic, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot, we forgot to run through the mic etiquette before we started. You know what I'm saying? It's all good, though. Y'all we make adjust- set me up. We make adjustments on the fly. Appreciate it. You say you're from Jersey. What, which part of Jersey, man? North Brunswick, New Jersey. North Brunswick, yeah. man. What, what's, what's up there, man? I, ain't, ain't too much, right? Wait. Well, it's, it's right smack down in the middle of uh, New York City and Philadelphia. I'm about an hour and an hour and five minutes north of Philly. About forty five minutes south of uh New York City. Okay. So So you're you're a Philly fan or you're a New York fan? Depends on the sport. <laughs> this nigga. <laughs> so nah, so you are uh, yeah, probably like a Giants fan, but nah, he an Eagles fan right now. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I definitely hopped on the Eagles way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We me and my boys, uh, when the Eagles won, we um we drove around DC with the windows down, blasting Meek Mill. Yeah, niggas. <laughs> Just like what's, every other nigga. What's, so what's your uh, basketball? I'm actually a Laker fan. I was about to say, because Nets ain't doing it. Nets <laughs> <laughs> ain't doing it, man. <laughs> or the Knicks shit. Right. right. Why, why Lakers, though? Um, They're going to say Kobe. He's going to say Lonzo Ball. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely there in the Kobe era. Um, For real, I actually liked the Sixers growing up. And then my pops, he was a, a big Laker fan. He kind of converted me right when they mm. had the, those bad years. I think it was like two years in a row they didn't make the playoffs. I was like when Kobe was going savage, you dropped 81 and all that. Um, it was right around that time, yeah, I became a, a Laker guy. So I watched them rise back up to the top. And um, we lost to Boston, but then the next year we came back and won. So that was uh, it's good. Nah, Kobe was trash in the game seven, uh, 2010. <laughs> Don't forget that shit. Hey, man, it's a team sport, dog. <laughs> <laughs> he got carried, but, you know, he did a lot of carrying throughout the season and uh, in the beginning of the playoffs. So. That was the last year I think Paul Gasol actually put up numbers and shit. Yeah. I mean, the Wizards could get him, right, Geech? <laughs> After the draft, man, don't talk to me about the Wizards, man. Them niggas just continue to disappoint me hey, man. year in and year out. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Next subject. <laughs> you from right. the DMV? Yeah, I grew up here. How come? Yeah. Yo, yeah. So I'm Wizards fan my whole Bullets fan my whole life. Wizards fan my whole life. Oh, you know man. what I mean? So true shit, true yeah. shit. Y'all time is coming. I believe. It, never. Nah, I, I can't. It's not <laughs> nah. it's not, man. Until they until they decide that they front op, front office is incompetent, man. Mm. Teleosis is lazy as shit. Yeah. You know, he can continue to sit back and let the same dude run us into the ground. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. We went and reached we reached for what's that nigga named? Troy Brown? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We we reached for a draft pick this year. We didn't even draft a second round. We grabbed some young dude out of like fucking Ukraine, a drafting stats when you had talent sitting in the second round still. Like one thing that I say, and I hate diving into into the sports talk early because we always lose the females, but every year, every playoff team has a second round pick that provides some sort of value. Period. Every championship team has a second round pick that provides value. The way that the Wizards treat the second round picks is like they just toss them niggas around. We trade every we trade out the second round every year or we sell them. 
you can't win. You need talent. You need depth. Period. And them niggas ain't got it, man. I'm off him. <laughs> I'm off him. Before you you end that, how long do you think John Wall got there before he dips? Well, he going he going he going live out the supermax. The okay. Supermax kicks in next summer. His four years, one hundred twenty million. Okay. So, so y'all yeah. got some time to to build around. Yeah, it. but this is the in his prime. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like you can't waste a generational talent that's in his right. prime. Period. Yeah. Like, and that's what they're doing right now. You that's, know what I mean? They what... said Troy Troy Brown, the dude that we interviewed, his press conference was today, and they said the only player that reached out to him was Bill. Damn. Oh. Nobody hit him up off the team. That's crazy. See, but John, well, you got to do better than that. When you the franchise player. When you the franchise player, but you keep asking for something year in and year out, and them niggas continue to ignore you. Like, right. I would be pissed too. That's true. You know what I mean? He's still young. Like, niggas are talking about leadership and be a leader, but you still young. Nigga, 27 years old, 28 years hey, old. Man. Like, we still kind of move off emotion at that hey, age. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I get it. I feel it. I get it. So, shit. Right. Yeah, let's get into it, man. We, we Before we start, though, before we start, before we start, okay. I want to um, say rest in peace. And also, I want to, I never do this, but I want to give a big shout out to uh, NYPD, man, because they locked up the six dudes that killed that young boy. Um, oh, yeah. What's his name? Um, Lissandro. The 15 year old. Feliz, yeah, man. They got all them niggas today. They caught one dude in the DR. I think they got one dude in New York. And I think they caught four of them niggas in Jersey, man. Yeah, one dude in the DR. You said DR? Yeah. Yeah. How'd they? How'd well, his they... mom turned him in. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's my turn. It's my seeing them on the TV, you know what I mean, on the news, and she turned them in. So see, I, they they were talking about it. It was a video of that, right? Nigga, is there? It's a video of the whole thing, multiple angles, man. That shit is. I'm never one of them niggas that like get freaked out over stuff. I don't. But, I, yeah, I ain't. I ain't push play. It was actually. I didn't mean to watch it. Like it was an Instagram just. So you know when you scrolling the yeah. video start, and I got trapped into watching it. And bro, like I wish I never saw that shit. Yeah. Like and gruesomeness that don't affect me. I. Watch all nah, but it's real shit. Yeah, bro. Like, the, I wish like I could like erase it out of my memory. And it's not the the actual killing that fucked me up. Is when they drug him out the store and the camera switches to the camera on the outside, and you see his face as one of the dudes is running up on him with a machete, dog. And like the the face his the face that he made is like permanently burned into my into my memory. So that shit is disgusting. That shit was fucking savage. It was brutal. They lynched that nigga in the middle of that damn uh, sidewalk. So they got all them niggas though. So that's wild. Yeah. And there was no motive. Like, what was... Well, they said that... Uh, so, one of the dudes, like, sister or cousin or something like that was uh, was on a sex tape. And the dude that was recording looked just like the dude that they killed. And, like, they had still images of the actual sex tape itself. And I ain't gonna lie to you. The nigga did look just <laughs> like him. But the biggest piece is, like, the dude that was recording the video had a whole sleeve on his arm. So, them niggas didn't even take time to, like, really do some due diligence and determine if this was the nigga or not. They just ran down on that. And the saddest part about it is that his sister was telling the story. And she was like, man, he came to me. Like, I think he came to like the honor, something like that, asking for $5 to run down to the corner store. Mm. So now, like, as the sister or the honor, whatever, like, thinking, like, what if you would have said no? Right. You know what I mean? Like, those are the type of things that you got to live with. And That's you can't blame yourself, yeah. but it's fucked up. And the mom, I seen the interview with the mom today. She was like, man, like, they didn't just kill him, but they killed me. She was like, I'm just numb. I'm just cold. Like, I can't. Continue. Yeah, I saw, I saw the pictures of her laying on his body in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that shit was wild. That dude. shit was crazy. And this just goes on to a bigger point, man. Like, we live in a weird society where, like, we record every fucking thing and we don't act. And I get it. Niggas running around machetes. It's crazy. But niggas didn't even call the police. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when they jumped off of him, like, he jumped up and he ran to the hospital. He actually died in front of the hospital. And in the video where you see him get up and, like, stumbling, cars are driving past him. And I'm thinking, like, yo, crazy. would I let a bloody nigga in my car? But I see as a little kid. Like, you clearly see as, like, a young boy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, 
It's crazy, bro. That shit crazy. It fucked me up. It fucked me up this weekend. The crazy thing is, is like, that mindset has been happening for so long. Um, that world star shit. Yeah, but like, not just the recording, but like the public just ignoring people when they're in times of need. I was actually listening to a podcast. It's like the Unsolved Murders or whatever, yeah. right? And there was this one case where this girl was literally, uh, she was killed by this this guy. She was like 11 years old. She was kidnapped and killed by this guy, you know, sexually um, assaulting and all that. But at one point she escaped and she was on that. She escaped from his car on the highway and was running down the highway with no pants on. And people were driving past her and they were just like, why is that car chasing her? Yeah. And they were like, yo, like witnesses came to the cops like three or four days later after her parents reported her missing. And they were just like, oh, um, we just thought that she was having an argument with her, like her dad or or like her uncle or something. So we just didn't say anything. But we thought it was odd that she didn't have any pants on. I'm like, right, nigga. But you know, it's crazy. Like for every one of those cases, I remember I, I listened to this uh, this other podcast. It might be the same damn thing. They were saying that people were running like scams where like they would set up a girl like on stranded, on some stranded type shit on the side of the road and wait for people to pull over to help her. And then niggas would just jump out like the trees and shit and rob them and all that, that kind shit. of stuff. So, yeah, so it's like at the same time, it's like, how do I know this is real? Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, man. That's the same though, right? That like you feel like you can't be a good Samaritan now. Exactly. You have it's to. like, what would you do? You know right. what I mean? Like, damn. Yeah. The good thing is though, a lot of these niggas is fucking retarded and they goofy. And because people they, are recording, they setting themselves up. Son, niggas do it every day. We was talking about with Triple Extension or whatever his name mm-hmm. is. Like the, the nigga who killed him. Like, yeah, um, them niggas is retarded. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he took a picture of himself with the nigga's backpack going. After he killed a nigga and robbed a nigga. Like, come on, bro. Like, it's, it's something else. We live in a weird time, man. Like, everything people put on the internet. The One of the funny things is, um, well, not it was, it's not funny, but um, I was reading through my- This nigga my, called him extension. extension. Yeah. funny. <laughs> but, you uh, got to say it's Spanish. You got to say tentacion. <laughs> Triple X tentacion. But uh, last story, last story. So I was going through my news feed on Twitter and- um. You know, one of my like like friends, I guess, uh, one of her friends, she was tweeting. I follow on Twitter or whatever, and she was just like, "This guy um, asked her like for her number or whatever," and she was just like, "Nah, like I'm not gonna give you my number in the bar." And he was like, "He was like, why ain't you gonna give me my number?" Got real mad and then threatened to like slash her tires. Yeah, that's common. Do Niggas shit. do that shit all the time, right? But yeah. the thing was, she wasn't her 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 um, quarrel was with the people around it. Like he was yelling. They everybody heard the shit. And nobody stood up for it. Everybody just kind of sat there and was just like, damn, shit, like man. this shit is happening. Like niggas took out their phones and shit, was recording this shit. I'm just like, son, that it's crazy how society works, man. Like, is it is it really is this is everybody trolling or not? Nah? Like what like what do you think, man? Is is everybody trolling? Man, I feel like sometimes you gotta just look out, you know? And I feel I was actually gonna ask you when you had mentioned it, do you was it us? Was it our community? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when we grow up, right, we learn these lessons, these unspoken rules where it's kind of like mind your business. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like when I was younger, I used to speak up more and then life had taught me and I may have stepped in and try to come to, you know, to someone's defense and life had taught me like, yo, yeah. sometimes you just got to stay out of things. But I mean, I don't know. In the same breath, like if you want the world to be better, you got to be that change you want to see. But it could become 
pretty dangerous when you snap in. So Absolutely. Like, you just got to be ready to face whatever may come your way. Right. I think, like you said, especially growing up in, in certain areas, like you learn to just mind your business. Mm-hmm. You, know, so you see what you don't see. You hear what you don't hear. But at some point or another, it's like, yo, I'm a citizen too. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like right. one thing that I, I say, you know, I, I told this story on the podcast before when I saw a girl get get mushed by a dude but I was like so far away but luckily as like I, like niggas is responding like niggas jumped on top of him but one thing that I always say is that I don't give a fuck where I'm at or what it is I'm not gonna let nobody disrespect no black woman around me Real. period yes. I don't give a fuck what is going on you know what I mean certain things and certain codes that we live by we gotta we got to toss them shits away. That's real. You know what I mean? Like, if I see you putting your hand on another woman, it's going to be an issue. Absolutely. You see, I see you yelling at a woman balling. I watched this video yesterday. Somehow, you know, we can get on YouTube and you just start, you, you click on one thing and it leads you to one thing and mm-hmm. leads you to another thing. <laughs> Somehow, I ended up on a video of a uh, this lady. She came into a McDonald's dog and she was going off on the the, uh, the black girl that was working at the register. It was another black woman. Okay. But she was going off, like calling all kind of bitches, all kind of hoes, like throwing the money, just going off. And a white dude walked up to her and he tried to calm the situation down. Oh, I think I think I may have seen this one. And she went off on him too. Like, I want to talk, get the fuck. And he just was like. Did it become physical or not? Well, nah. She just threw money at, like, I think she might have, like, mooped, like, mushed him yeah. out the way or something That's like that. Trash. But it's just like that. The nigga was like, you know what? I can't sit here and I can't watch her continue to go off like this to this child. Because you're working at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be yeah. a signal, like, from 14 to whoever, because they start, you know, hiring yeah, niggas at young. young. Certain things I just can't sit back and watch. It's but not. Then, it's not worth it. At the end yeah. of the day, it's just. It's, why? Why are you going off with somebody in public like that? You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, what are you getting from it? You're just yelling at somebody, and at, especially at a restaurant, bro. I'm not serving you. So not even a restaurant. Nigga, you at McDonald's? That's dog. What I'm I, <laughs> like, I still. Nothing I, at McDonald's. I still got to give you your food. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? I can right, just right. be like, nah. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're gonna be mad. Yeah. Like what you gonna do? Jump over the counter? Like. Nah, like sad thing is that some people would do it. Yeah, it was that joint in New York. Like, there was you see, there was a joint a while ago in New York where a dude, um, where a girl came in. It was a full joint. It was like in, uh, I want to say it was like in Times Square. Or some some. Actually, it was in Williamsburg. It was in Brooklyn. And the, the girl went up to the counter. Was going off. She was with one of her homegirls. Going off yeah. with a dude, and she jumped behind the counter. Dude pulled out one of the little metal rods and beat the mm. shit out of her with that jump. He got arrested, and he actually got the charges dropped because they said she. she oh no! Jumped, yeah, that's real. Yeah, she jumped over. She spit on him, making all kinds of threats. And the, the wild thing is, the dude was fresh out. He was fresh out that, of jail, like he had, and for murder at that. When he was like 17 years old. So he's a grown ass man now that got out. And that happened. Natural reaction. Natural right. reaction. He went off. And now the nigga's like fighting for his life because shit, you don't get that opportunity twice to get out for murder yeah. and then get arrested again for some wild assault. Like she, she fractured her skull, all kind of wild shit. She, they actually end up going to, uh, they actually end up getting in trouble for that, for that shit. Yeah. Damn. How you feel if a nigga spit on you? How you, like, Somebody spit what? on me? Yeah. I'm just, uh, like, how you react? It, no matter who it is, girl, guy, like how you react, or do you react differently? Like, cause spitting is 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 a different ball game, bro. Like, I've seen people get like you got to bring it up through the throat. You talking about the deep, the deep <laughs> down jump, the, the deep <laughs> jump, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's that like good. that's like somebody kicking you for real, for real, right? Because that's I that's think a it's lot a little worse than kicking, yeah. for real. Yeah, the disrespect behind it. Mm-hmm. The kick is like, you know. You throw your fist first. You probably the kick is like the next body movement that you can. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna headbutt next. You know what I mean? So like, right. I would say spitting is probably like the most disrespectful thing. Absolutely. I don't know if I can really predict what I'd do though, because I think right now I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. 
Like, I'd probably be mad, but maybe I could walk it off. But I feel like in the moment, the level of disrespect that you would feel. I think it depends on the environment that you're in. Because, like, if it's just one-on-one, then, like, you might be able to walk it off and be like, all right. Especially if it's somebody you cool with, you know what I mean? But let that be out in public (laughs) in front of, like, 10 at least 10 people like you, be in you, front of your girl you gotta fight uh, oh you yeah. you gotta fight just just offer that alone like you gotta fight bro because yeah. niggas gonna bring out that camera <laughs> and they gonna be like that's that nigga that's it but the wild thing is is those split second decisions that can ruin your fucking life yeah exactly you know what i mean like sometimes you just gotta put i'm not saying that i could but in certain situations you just gotta put that pride aside and just walk away especially just being black men we already got the target and on that, yeah that's yo i was <laughs> already got the target on your back so i'm not gonna try to give these niggas fuel mm. you know what i mean so i was uh visiting one of my homegirls yesterday and uh, I, I told her, I was like, look, when I get to your spot, you got to come down and get me because I don't feel comfortable. You scared, nigga? What you No, no. Nah, nah, I, I just, it, it was an affluent neighborhood. And I don't, what, I ain't. What, for, nigga, you use real English, nigga. What does that even mean? What the fuck is affluent? Uh, what is affluent, nigga? I don't even know how to spell that it's shit. affluent, but it, it's, it's, it's. So you was in the hood? Nah, no, no, no. It's no. like up in, it's, it's wealthy. It's, uh, it's, oh, you was in the rich part? Yeah, okay. yeah, gentrified neighborhood. So it's okay. like. Um, Oh, like, I, I ain't want to walk okay. into like uh, their apartment building because yeah. you you know how we will discuss it later. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk into there, you get the looks, mm-hmm. and they already know I don't live there. Oh, okay, so you know, I just didn't want to be loitering because I mean, they call the cops on niggas in Starbucks. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm already a black dude just standing here. They going, you never know what they can do, and the right. cops, whatever, they just come blazing. So that's funny because like even in my building, like the same white people I see in my my work clothes. When I come back and I'm just when I swap out and I throw on my my regular shit, mm-hmm. them niggas do not speak to me. Yep. But earlier, like when the club, hey, how you doing? Have a good day at work. How was your day? Crazy. I see this. I swear to God, I will see the same person, like within an hour, and them niggas just they think you're a hoodlum, bro. Dog. One time, <laughs> I tell the story all the time, <laughs> the man. Energy. I was walking out at nighttime. Matter of fact, no, it wasn't even nighttime. It was daytime. I was on Facetime with one, with one of my boys, and we was rapping, rapping, rapping. As I walk out the building, I take the steps down. There's a lady walking her dog like in front of me. So I see her walking my dog in front of me. Mind you, I'm talking out fucking loud. This nigga going off on the phone. We just cracking jokes. I pass her dog. She turns around and screams. And my man is like, what the fuck just happened? I said, nah, she, I, I literally, out loud, I said, nah, she just seen a black man that got scared and kept it pushing. Mind you, I see this lady all the time when I'm coming over because she's one of them old ass people that just don't got nothing to do. So it's always around. That's shameful. She says hi to me all the time. But you're going to tell me that one time, mind you, this is the middle of the day. She's like, ah! So what the fuck? The crazy thing is, is the is wow. it the look that just makes all of the difference? Oh, they can't help it, man. <laughs> they People have been conditioned and programmed to believe that all black is bad. Look at the news. Look at the movies. Like, can you, at some point, you can't even blame them because those are the images they're constantly seeing. Mm. Perfect example. Even with black people outside of here. You know, if you have foreign parents, I can speak to this. You got phone? Yes. Where, where are your people from? Ghana. Yo. The perfect example. I, yes. Right? And you, I'm sure you can attest to this. Mm-hmm. In Ghana, all they see is Soul Plane and all these like stereotypical... <laughs> it, it's funny, but it's no, real. You see real, all these stereotypical yeah. black movies. That's so just, you, it's just funny. That's, that's that's the first thing you mentioned. Because that's, so. the, that's one of the most stereotypical <laughs> fucking movies that's ever been created. You know what I mean? Like, you, you see those type of movies and that's all you see. Yeah. So that's what you think black Americans are like. Mm-hmm. So when you get here, you're like, I'm going to stay away from them because I don't want them to do me like I've seen them on the movies. They're black just like us. Yeah. Bro, I, I feel you. And it took me a while to like, as much as like, I don't co-sign off those, you know, respectability politics things, I understand it now. Like when I was growing up, my mom used to be like, 
I used to, you know, I was younger here and I wanted to fit in with my peer group. So I used to wear do-rags out. Yep. I used to sag my pants, right? Like yeah, I used yeah. to do those kind of things. Yep. And my mom would always be like, oh, we're not like, you know, we're not like the rest of them, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yo, mom, it's cool. You know, like, I'm good. Yeah, you know, I'm just rocking whatever I want to wear. And she'd always be like, no, you're going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, you, trust me, you're not going to end up in a good place if you're wearing all these things. I didn't get it, right? And it wasn't until as I started to get older and like, fortunately, pop culture started to shift, right? So like, you think about that 2000, anywhere from like 99 to like probably, what, like 05, 06, 06 yeah. right? Like that period of time was like, do-rags, sagging, ju- big jewelry, big white tees, all that, right? And then like, I think Jay really started that Change clothes, like button yeah. up, button ups, and you know, kind of like that fashion piece. And Kanye, obviously, with like the polos and all that type of stuff. So I think those things started to shift, and I started being able to. I started navigating towards that, and um, and I realized how people's perception to be changed. The outside community, and even our own community, right? Where I would go to certain places if I was a little more dapper down, and I didn't have the do rag on or whatever. Like just the respect that came with that. So it's crazy. I don't know. It's like, it's hard because I don't ever want to tell somebody like, don't do, you know, what is, if you want to express yourself in a certain way, by all, mo- by all means do it. But in the same breath, it's like, you have to be cognizant of the consequences that may come from that expression. And can you handle it? Right. You know what I mean? If you, if you can't handle it, don't wear it. But and sometimes like, it's out of your control too. You know what I mean? It's always out of your right. control with how people see you. Exactly. You know I mean? well, we didn't set the rules, right? Like, we never, we didn't set the grooming rules. You know what I'm saying? Really? White, white people don't, they don't love beers, dog. I, I can tell, I can tell you how many times, <laughs> like white, my white management from wherever I've worked at mentioned something about beard. Like, oh, you got to clean that up. We'll trim it down. Like yeah. there's certain things like black women, their natural hair. They go into an interview with straight hair. They're more than likely to get a job. Mm. The, the, the military, even the army, they set regulations on women and yeah. they couldn't wear their natural. Like we don't set these rules. We have to abide by their standards. Yeah, you got to be clean shaving and all that it, stuff. It, yeah. it is what it is. You know what I mean? So like you said, if you, ch- if you choose to, like work outside of that, just be ready. Yeah, I used to have locks. I had locks mm-hmm. for like a small period of time. Um, they were like baby starter locks. Yeah. But and I, the headspace I was in was very free at that time. I'm, I'm still. I feel like I'm probably still on the same wave. But at that time, like I really didn't care about appearance. I wore whatever I want. I mean, you see, I'm wearing sweats now. Like I was wearing sweats everywhere. I wanted to go to the store, wherever. Um, and I had my my hair out, and it was you know it was locking, and I was like free forming them too, and I saw the difference. Like my colleagues, the day I cut it, I came back you know the next week for work, and they were like, "Oh man, Mark, wow, you look you look great. <laughs> right. This is amazing, you know." Like you look great, yo. <laughs> so what was I looking before? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, it was really one of those you know backhanded compliments. I really felt that just from the time I walked in, like instantly when I walked in, the level of respect. I just went, it was just crazy. And it just made me realize, like, as much as they were smiling in my face and like, oh, Mark, you're so great. You know, you do this. You know, you have great ideas, whatever. When I walked in with that haircut, it made me realize, like, first of all, still nigga. Of okay? course. Yeah. But um, there's different levels of it. My man said first and foremost, still yeah. nigga. Right. Still nigga. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you're safe, right? Right. Like, I feel like that's a, a lot of us. We work around white people. They always, like, kind of treat you like you're the, you're the good one. You're the you're the right. you're the one that made it. You know what I mean? It's like yo, there's tons of people that are just as qualified and have the same exact background like me. You just choose to ignore them, right? You know what I mean? So I don't get the thing with being hairy because I, I mean, there's a lot of Middle <laughs> East. <laughs> not for real. Yeah. There's a lot of Middle Eastern people too that have like 
you know, a lot of hair and, and a lot of facial hair and stuff like that. And, you know, one of my coworkers, he's like that. Like, he literally has to shave, like, every night because his hair just grows so fast. And if he doesn't shave, like, people are just looking at him weird, especially in the environment that we work in. They'll they'll keep a closer eye on them or, you know, different things like it, that. Man, it all started because one of these niggas just couldn't grow a beard, so then they made everybody feel like... <sighs> Have a facial hair is wrong. That's that's just how I that's just how I look at it. Somebody man. was hating. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of white people who can't grow beards, man. Right. It is what it is. So, shit, church. I mean, that's a fact. White people don't be growing beards for shit. So because they can't do it, it's not acceptable. Yeah, bring it down. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's true, shit. Well, all right, yeah. Let, I'm I want to get into it, man. Um, brought my man Martin onto the show. I got introduced to him by a very good friend. He got a lot of good stuff going on. So. I wanted to get into like more of your background and then uh, more about the uh, splatter. I won't touch on the other thing because that's still up and coming. But we can talk about that too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Let's let's kick it off with the splatter. I know you got a big event coming up in Jersey soon, so um, uh, give us a little bit more background about that and you know where you see that going moving forward. Yeah. So um, splatter is a new arts initiative that um, I came up with with a couple of friends I went to college. Um, at Rutgers University. Yep, Rutgers University in New Jersey. Shout out to Jersey. Um, and yeah, the the idea came to me one morning, randomly, in March. Um, hit up a couple of my boys about it. Started talking it through and flushing it out. Essentially, I had woke up thinking about paint splatters. Um, I, <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Can I get the whole backstory? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel yeah. like I know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> so, I woke up thinking about paint splatter. It was crazy. All right. So, all right, the real what happened was the night before that Saturday night, um, we went out for my mom's birthday, and um, we had an amazing night. It was just me, my sister, and then my parents, and we went on one of those like boat cruises or whatever. Um, and it was an amazing night. Like we had a great time. It's funny we were talking about how people are so quick to record. Yeah. Uh, everything that happened. So we were dancing. You know, we were having an amazing night dancing on the floor all night. And I think I started to see that this guy kept taking out his phone mm -hmm. and pointing it towards me. And at first I was like, all right, whatever, you know, he may be texting or something. I, maybe I'm just paranoid. And I started realizing that like every time I was dancing and we were just enjoying ourselves, he was recording me, right? For real? And, yeah. Like he was, like, I think it was, you know, one of those like, oh, look at this nigga, he's wilding. Like, you know, let me put him on oh, snap. Okay. One of those kind of things, right? Um, and I mean, I tried to ignore it. There's certain po certain points where I was like, right, I'm about to just stop dancing because like he's like fucking up my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that just that thought of like, yo, man, we can't even express ourselves the way we want to. You know what I mean? Like on a day to day, mm -hmm. I think is what was lingering in my mind. You know what I mean? Like just playing in the background because like you you want to go out, you want to dance, you want to express a certain emotion or whatever you're feeling when you hear that right. music. You want to be able to do that freely, but nowadays. People are whipping out cell phones every second to try yeah. to record that, right? Like, you can't have a funny moment. You can have an embarrassing moment. You can't have anything that comes from, like, a true place um, without it being filtered because yeah. you feel like you may have to watch out for those things unless you're comfortable with possibly going viral or whatever, right? So that, I think, inspired um, this idea of giving people the opportunity or venue to be mm -hmm. able to be as free as possible in their creation. So the next morning... I guess I processed that in my sleep in some kind of weird way. And I woke up thinking about these paint splatters. I don't know why, but like right after that, I started thinking about dancing and the connection between the two. And I was like, man, like I just opened up my phone and just started Googling 
I opened up my notepad in my phone and put like whatever words came to mind. And I started Googling like splatters, um, painting and dancing, dancing uh, and, and, uh, and painting and movement and expression, all mm. these things, right? And like the first the terms weren't making sense. Eventually I stumbled upon this artist, Jackson Pollock, um, from the mid 1900s, he used to make these splatter paintings. It's uh, it's part of the abstract art movement of the 19, mid 1900s, and he created this artwork called um, action painting. Okay. And so I came across that, and when I saw the the type of art that he was creating, I was like, "Yo, that's that's exactly what I envisioned, right?" So I was like, "Yo, I want to take that and combine it with like modern day, you know, party scenes. Cool. You know, like." Kind of like, you know, you think about these trap parties or any of these day trap, parties. Trap and paint. You trap know what I mean? Sip. Right. Sip and paint. All that shit. <laughs> all that. So just like, yo, like, can we marry all that and give people the, the opportunity to like party, you know, while you're dancing, if you're going to shoot, if you're going to Millie Rock, any of that while you're painting, like let that come out on a painting. And the idea of action painting itself is basically the idea that the creation of the art is equally important to the end product. So mm. the art is actually making the work, not whatever you end up with. And that was important for me to tie all the way back to that first point about being able to freely express and create. It's the idea that people nowadays don't have the opportunity to make art because they're so afraid of what the outside world is going to think about right. it. Right. So the criticism. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my photos aren't that nice. I can't right. post this on Instagram. Your lyrics is trash. My lyrics, right. Yeah. I, I can't write this poetry now, right? <laughs> like people are always concerned about you know what the critique is going to be on their work as opposed to like not realizing that any of these art forms the the main objective is just expressing yourself mm-hmm. so i was like yo can we level the playing field you know in a way where everybody can come and you can get it off and the fact that it's abstract work it kind of levels that playing mm-hmm. field now right like you're not going to tell me my splatter looks any right. better or worse than yours because they're all to, just splatters i'm right? not trying to recreate nothing exactly. it's all unique it's to all unique my, you have no expectation of yo it needs to look like this Versus, right. yo, it's going to look like that. Like, everybody's work is level. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, I hit up my boys and, and I started talking to them about it. At first, some people were like, yo, okay, that sounds dope. I get it. And some people were like, I actually that's, told my parents. Trash. Right. Yeah. What <laughs> the fuck you thinking about? Right. <laughs> my parents were like, um, okay. <laughs> you know, like it was mad awkward. Um, but yeah, I came back to, to the DMV because I was in Jersey that weekend. So I came back to the DMV, talked to my boy about it here. And, um, you know, we just started kind of flushing it out and, um, you know, one thing led to another, we did some test runs and we started just building out the business. So, you know, essentially it's a, um, right now it's an art event where it'll be pop-up style. So, you know, we'll be in the DMV, we'll be in Jersey. Jersey is July 14th, um, in Highland Park, New Jersey, right next to New Brunswick. And, um, there are these pop-up style type of events where they'll go for a set period of time. In Jersey's case, it's from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. And there are hour interval time slots. So you come in and you just vibe out to the sounds of a DJ. You dance, you paint, you have your protective gear. You create this beautiful abstract work. And you put that off to the side. And then you, as your artwork is drying, you get to socialize in this day party-like environment. So you're welcome to come mm. before, your time, before the time period that you paint. And then you're welcome to stay after as well. And the hope is that people are really vibing and connecting, um, building relationships as they get to express themselves and kind of get that stress relief. So is it like two separate rooms then? Like where, you know, you got your painting happening and then you have your your lounge type cool out area? It depends on the environment. Um, Right now for D.C., 
is looking like it's going to be. So it's one big venue, but it's like, it's kind of like an L-shaped room. Okay. So like one room is more of like the social vibe so that that way, like people are not having like paint being thrown around or whatever as you're in your, you know, your lounging clothes or whatever. But um, if you walk over to the, the other side of the L, that's like where all the painting action is going mm-hmm. on. But it really depends on the venue. You know, we're experimenting with different things. In the case of Jersey, it's one really big room. Um, but almost kind of, not an L situation, but there's almost like a, like a little extra square off on the side that mm. people are going to be concentrated in the, like the socialization piece. Um, and then, you know, if they want to spectate the people that are painting in the sessions before or after them, they can kind of stand on the perimeter of the room. Shit. True. Okay. Shit. So, you mentioned um, earlier that your parents are from Ghana. And I, if I know foreign parents, like I know foreign parents like my own, <laughs> creativity is not allowed. <laughs> Yo, where, where are y'all from? <laughs> my parents are from Panama. Okay. Creativity is not allowed. You're going to go to school and you're going to do something practical. So, you know, have you always been into art growing up? Like, how did your parents um, receive you when you mentioned that this is something that you wanted to to do? Yo, they did not receive it too well. Um, But my parents have always been about balance. That's one thing I could say. Um, And I think I didn't know that I was interested in art growing up because of... um, I think those expectations of what things need to look like, right? So I think there's a lot of times with anything, um, you know, there's always a dominant kind of um, ability, right? That's seen as like the standard. So when we think about like, yo, who can rap? There's all these mumble rap, like I think like hip hop enthusiasts are always like, uh, like mumble rappers, they're not good at rap. Why? Because they don't have like, you know, technical skill of, you know, utilizing literary elements in rapping. Because that's only one aspect of being a talented rapper, right? Um, and I think the same goes for art and for whatever else. So creativity to me always looked like, you know, the person who could draw most accurately, the person who could paint in the lines, yeah. the person who took those pictures with, you know, utilizing the rule of thirds and all these other the, photographic The person elements. who could follow the instructions. Right. The best way, yeah. The best way. that's how you get graded on, you know, coming up through school and shit. Exactly. So. So if I ever made any kind of, you know, wacky, whatever, out the box thing growing up, it was always like, oh, okay, Mark, you get a C. And it's like, oh, well, this sucks. I don't want these Cs or you know what I mean? I don't want this grade. So I think that discourages people immediately, right? And like they don't really explore. So K through 12, I was out here. It was really sports for me, right? And I thought I was a math kind of person. I look now and it's like, all right, math is definitely a part of my life and I enjoy crunching numbers. But I realized as I grew, writing is something that I'm really talented in. Speaking is something that I have interest in. There's these other areas that are more creative that I've learned I enjoyed, but that didn't come right away. And I think both from society kind of, um, you know, setting this expectation of what these things should look like and also having that household that was like, you need to do something practical, you know, um, value your math because math, you know, one plus one is always going to be two. And it's going to take you everywhere. It's going to take you wherever, right? I studied engineering in undergrad and I didn't want to do it. I knew like, <laughs> you know, I, the only reason why I chose it is because I was good at math, all right? Quote, unquote. And, and you would get a job after you graduated. Right. And that wasn't even, like, that was my parents' motivation. Okay. But like, for me, it was like, ah, all right, I mean, I guess I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be cool. So I picked it up and like in my first semester, first of all, math, there's multiple ways to do math, right? <laughs> like with the same analogy right like yo i thought i was good at math yeah i was good at computational math right but like yo if you're 
for anyone that's listening that you know that may enjoy abstract math that's something that's completely different shit without numbers yeah (laughs) and that exists and people some people are really good at that and and can enjoy that and have that spatial reasoning or whatever it is but for me those things weren't they didn't connect to me right right but like moral of the story with that is just like you got to understand there's different ways to do things right so don't count yourself out and i think for myself I had counted myself out a lot of the time um, when it came to creative things. And so when I started to realize these abilities along the way, um, the conversation with my folks was always, how do we create this balance? So, all right, you got this engineering degree. Okay, can you go get a corporate job? Cool. What you want to do on your weekends, what you want to do from 5 to whatever, right? You get off at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m., whatever time you get off. From that time to when you go to bed, you can you can do that. You want to impact the community, you could do that. You want to do some art stuff, fine. But like, let's have the balance where we can make sure you're putting food on your table, where everything is good. I think eventually, you know, when I get to the point where I'm like, all right, my you know side hustles are going to become my main hustles, then I'll make that transition. But I've always been about okay, I fully support those creative endeavors and like going off and creating your own thing. But I I like to be a little calculated with it. Mm-hmm. So like. Can I build this thing on the side so I get to the point where I'm 100% confident it's going to be good? All right, bet. Now I'm ready to make that transition. But I definitely wouldn't hold off because that just don't make sense. So I was always, you know, once I found something, I was like, bet, I'm about to, you know, take this around with it. So you said your uh, your your next event is going to be in Jersey. And then mm-hmm. after that, you're looking at D.C. Yep. So being from Jersey and now living in the DMV, could you tap more into, I guess, the differences in the culture? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's close proximity, but still, you know, how do you relate to people in Jersey versus how do you approach them here in D.C.? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, one of the main differences that I've realized, first of all, like where I'm at in Jersey, it's not really a city. Right. So it's much more. Um, oh, my bad. And also mm-hmm. talk about Boston, too. I know we talked about it. Oh, offline, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, <laughs> my man used to live in Boston for a little bit. So but you got to talk about that. What's the full story? How do you uh, how do you end up down here? To the DMV? Yeah. Um, all right. So after I graduated school at Rutgers, um, I started my full-time job at a consulting company. And um, like every other DC. Nigga. Like every <laughs> It don't even sound impressive, right? <laughs> It'd be like, okay, nigga. Eh? Everybody's a consultant. <laughs> right. don't, that really don't mean shit. Right? <laughs> it really don't mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, in Jersey, it means something, which is oh, crazy. Oh, down here. Yeah, yeah, and, then, no way. and that guy, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a consultant. They're like, oh, okay. So what do you do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get into the intricacies. Like, oh, right. Man, I got a job, nigga. Right. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I started a consulting company. I was placed in, I was out of the New York office, but placed in the, in a, um, in a project in Boston. So I was flying back and forth to Boston for about like a year or so. No, Boston, one of the whitest cities I've ever been to in my life, man. I never want to go Unreal. back. Unreal. Yeah. Like I, it was like, like night and day, mm-hmm. you know, but when I went there and then I came back over, it was crazy. But yeah, I was there for like a year. I wasn't really in a good place. I like personal things. I was just trying to figure out. I was fresh out of school, trying to navigate and all that. So I feel like that may have played a part into how I felt about Boston, but I, I just didn't vibe with it. I didn't connect. I didn't really find that network there mm-hmm. um, that I was able to find elsewhere. Um, so I did that for a year. And then actually the year after that, I actually lived there. So before I was just traveling back and forth, then I lived there for, I think it may have been like eight months or something. Um, it got a little bit better towards the end. I started like 
experimenting. You know, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do and creativity was not anything I believed I could do. Mm-hmm. So I started experimenting. I took like a photography class out there, videography class. I had done some news broadcasting, like shadowing and stuff, just trying to figure out, you know, what it was yeah, I was interested outlet, in. Yeah. And um, when my role was finishing, when my project was finishing at work, they're like, hey, do you want to stay? And I was like, no, nah, I think I'm ready to try something else. So they're like, all right, cool. So I finished there, moved back to Jersey. And as I was looking for that next role, I'd always been interested in education. Um, my you know background in Nesby, you know, National Society of Black Engineers when I was in undergrad and some of the community things that we got to do to impact the lives of others, teach them about engineering, the possibilities that college can present, et cetera. I think really influenced me to, to try to find something that was more community-based again. I wanted to go back to those roots. And I came across a role at my company that was serving an education client. I was like, oh, this would be, you know, a good fit. I know DC. I've heard magical things about it. I had, I think I'd only been like probably two times mm-hmm. before and it was really like a quick thing. So I didn't really know um, too much about it, but I figured, you know, it'd be a spot that I knew people here cared about the community. I knew there was a lot of social change things going mm-hmm. on. And so I was like, yeah, like, you know, let me do that. So I made the switch. Um, I think I got the role one like one day and they were like, yo, we need you here in a week. And I was like, nah, like, give me two. So like, all right, you have two weeks. So that same week I drove down, picked the first apartment that fit like some basic criteria that I had set. And yeah, I was a DC guy. Um, and the minute I got here, like I instantly connected way more black people um, <laughs> you know, right. they were popping, you know, like the black girl magic was real out here and you know, uh, Black Boy Joy. Like, there was just a lot of, like, positive vibes. Um, just meeting people that... <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I said, say Black Boy Joy. <laughs> hey, my nigga. I was like, what? I was like, what is Black Boy Joy? <laughs> pause. Pause. Pause yourself, bro. Uh, pause that? I've heard that before. Uh, I've never heard that before. Uh, I'm gonna I'm grow up at some point. <laughs> no, no time soon. Right. Um, yeah. Now, man, you know it was uh, <laughs> it was dope. You know, I was out here and I feel like I was meeting a lot of like influential people right. from the community and people I could grow and learn from. You know, and I was like, man, this is this is where it's at. I'm growing here. I'm becoming better. I think it sparked my creativity, confidence in myself, my professionalism. A lot of things happened for me here. I wasn't in the best space when I got here. Um, because I was kind of coming off that whole Boston and where I was at mentally. But when I got to DC, just that mindset, you know, to take it back to what you were asking about, just like the differences, um, there's a hustle here, you know, and there's a community, I think of people that it does something for you. Like right now I recruit at, um, Howard university and Hampton university and both of those schools, the students that I've met and the things that they've accomplished, a lot of them are from, you know, the DMV, but just these schools in general, right? Like Howard is in DC, Hampton is in Hampton, Virginia. The mindset of people in these areas, you know, whether it be HBCU culture or the DMV culture, they're just so driven, right? Like everyone has an entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah, you got to be, man. Right. And that did a lot for me. So I think like, you know, Jersey's cool. We had a hustle being like, you know, that we were close to New York and obviously New York has a, you know, a stop and go kind of situation where you just, you know, continuously on on the run. But um, the DMV was just a concentration of us in one area. And I don't, I haven't seen it like that anywhere else i hear atlanta's like that but yeah you know yeah. it's it's something special I, I would say um just just going off of that like i like the fact that a lot of black people now especially are thinking about generational welfare and and building wealth 
um, not just for themselves, but for generations to come. Because, you know, too many for too long, I feel like we just have been worried about getting by, which makes sense. Right. All the shit that, you know, we've gone through throughout history, you know, you got to worry about oppression and all that. So you just do what you can to to live a quote unquote happy life, which is just making sure you stay alive to see the next day, right? But now we're in a space because of the sacrifices of those people to really branch out and really pursue our dreams and stuff like that. So now we're thinking about entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. You know, now we're thinking about starting our own companies and being creative and and building our own brand rather than just being another employee, you know, or, or working for somebody else. I mean, here we all got good jobs. And then it's like, that's not enough where, you know, I, I go back, I talk to my dad about this and he'll be like, yo, what, what you mean? Like you, you work for this company. Right. Why are you, why are you thinking about doing this right. and that? Like you crazy. Right. And I'm just like, it's not enough. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just a difference in, in the generations where I, I really feel like one of our, our generations, one of the best ones just to, to push the culture forward. I mean, we, we always talk about culture and this or creatives and those words are so overly used, but it, it's, it's for a good reason. I mean, you have to push the culture forward and where it's going. I mean, shit, we had a black president not too long ago. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, you wouldn't even have thought about that mm-hmm. shit. So just the, 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 re, the results of that, you've seen what you can do if you really put your mind to it. And then you can't tell me nothing. There's, for real. there's two things I want to speak to that you mentioned. Uh, the first one was creativity, right? Like growing up, when you thought about being creative, it really was only, to me, it was just like a handful of things like drawing, mm-hmm. right. painting, mm-hmm. like, and that leads into the second point because of the internet. Like one, I think it's close. Is like it's made the black community tighter. Yep. Right. Like I can network now because of the internet. Like I can reach out to you and say, "Hey, let's pull up and do my podcast." Or you can pull up and say, "Hey, right. bring you and a gang of your friends to my eye eye splatter event or whatever the case is." Like the internet has just caused us to be able to just be able to touch people way more than than our parents' generation would. Right. And um, and because of that, like I also think that that's allowing us those opportunities to create our own businesses, create our own clothing lines, brands, all that kind of shit. Because I know I can reach out to Dathan on, on his Instagram right quick and his Twitter. He might be able to blast it out for me yeah. or whatever. Like we're using the internet to our advantage yep. and there's no more excuses, right? Like we were constantly, ma- some of us, I would say black people in general, man, like I think at this generation, we're saying, you know what? We know this shit for us. We know the system is against yeah. us, but that's not an excuse no more. I can get on the internet and I could build some shit or I could put some shit out and it might pop. It might not. But if it doesn't pop, guess what? I could do it all it, over it, again. Yeah, it, I still, could, it still pops in a way because you still learn from spark it. Spark the idea. Yeah. I learned and now I could go back and do the same thing again. Like it's a lot a of us are like just saying, fuck it. We're going to go against the grain and we're going to create our own. We're going to kick that door and we're going to bust it down. I'm not waiting for nobody no more. You know what I mean? There's you no more. There's no yeah. more handouts. Fuck all that. All right. If I want something, I'm going to go get it. Yeah. Period. You have to, especially in this environment. I mean, that's that's one of the gifts and the curse about being in D.C., right? Because you mentioned it. There's there's such a, a concentrated community of people who are hustlers. You know, they just want to go get it. Yeah. Shit. Now you're you're there. You you have to get it. There's no if you're on the sideline, you're going to get left behind mm. every so single time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's either you you join the company or you join the company because people 
yo, leave you behind. You won't have no money. You won't have no fun. <laughs> like, you won't be able to do shit. Like, uh, for real. Time, time don't stop for nobody. And that's yeah, just no the American way, unfortunately. Like, you either get with it or you get lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be in that get lost number. You know what I mean? So right. I'm going to use the resources that I have. It may not be a lot, but I'm going to use what I have to try to create a way for myself. And that's just how it's going to have to go. For sure. I think, you know, the other thing, too, is like, I feel like it ties back and or it should tie back to purpose. You know what I mean? Like, I... I feel like that's one thing that like it should be in everybody's, you know, secret recipe of ingredients, right? Like your purpose got to be right in there with everything else that you're doing and like, you know, creation and all that. Like if you feel called to do it in whatever capacity that you feel called to do it, like you should take that step, right? Because like the other thing too is like in these, in these kind of concentrated environments that you speak, that you mentioned, um, you could lose yourself too, trying yeah. to chase something yeah. that everybody is chasing, right? And like, <clears throat> you know, you could think, man, like, yo, this person's hustling it, whatever, whatever it is, they're doing stocks, so you, you know, you're chasing that, or yeah. they doing real estate, you know, like I, I know, I, I know a few people that are trying to hop on the real, real estate thing, the like Bitcoin shit, right? Yeah. Bitcoin, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things where like you can look. Everyone is hustling in a different way, but if you're not careful, you can look at where the crowd's going, and be like, yo, I got to get it too, and chase that. And it's like, yo, you got to really sit down and ask yourself, like, yo, what's your purpose and what are you supposed to be getting done? You know what I mean? And then when once that's baked in to whatever formula that you're working on, then I think it's always going to propel itself. It's always going to build. It's going to get you to wherever you're supposed to go. But you have to think about that. You know, what am I destined to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Or else you, you get scary, man. What, what's that statement? You don't, you never want to be the last person to the fight. You know what I mean? You never want to be that person on the outside of the crowd jumping and trying to figure out what's going on. Like right. you want to be up front. So like you said, in a place like this where everybody's doing something, it's so easy to look to your left and say, damn, I need to be over there. Look mm-hmm. to my right. I need to be over there. It's like, nah, just look at what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you really enjoy doing. Exactly. And I can speak for myself. I've, I've had my hands in other things and I was just doing it just to do it. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this is popping on the internet. Maybe I could try this out. In reality, I was just doing it. With no passion, no right. purpose. You, you just know saw I mean? the success of I saw the people. success of others. It's like, shit, I could do the same thing. And that sounds easy. Yeah. That yes. sounds easy. It's easy to jump on the internet because all we see is, uh, we only see like the highlight reels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was I was just reading something the other day. It was like a tweet. It was, uh, the draft just happened, right? So yeah. this dude tweeted, he was like, never just watch the, uh, the highlights. Never just watch the um the highlight reels that they put out on YouTube on players because yeah. they're only going to show you the best. Of course, yeah. it's the same thing with like Instagram. If mm-hmm. I see a business popping, they're only going to show me the ups. They're never going to show me the downs, right. Right? right? And it's hella downs, right? And I think sometimes in in the process and emotion, we kind of say, "Oh no, nah, it's never going to be down." We're gonna put we ignore that. We put that to the side, and we find ourselves in a space where it's like, "Damn, why?" I can't even get my foot off the ground. Right. You know what I mean? I'm thinking this is going to be overnight success. And right. hey, you got to put that work in. And it's to me, it's easier to put the work in when you have a purpose, when Absolutely. it's something that you actually enjoy doing and you're not thinking about the money. Right. You know what I mean? It, it feels great to do. Like this podcast, this is easy. Right. Yeah. This is easy. I love doing this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Any time of the day, pull up with my shit. I, I always say now I'm on the go. I can take my shit wherever I want to right. go. I can pull up and throw my mics on. It's fun to me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Eventually, it might turn into something, like right. you said. Right. You know, eventually, it might turn into something. But for now, I'm still working my nine to five, and I still got to get my checks. But sure. I'm just worried about this because this is what I love to do. This is my niche. This is I found my purpose. So I think okay. two things um, that that you had said that I you know wanted to comment on. Um, one of them about that having that purpose is allowing you to be patient, right? And I think that's 
was really key. Like I always talk about, you know, where we are as a generation. And, you know, I think the three of us are like pretty similar in age. So, you know, coming up, we really, our generation really saw like right before things really took off where it became an instantaneous world. And like, you know, kind of the aftermath of where we are now and how, you know, I mean, you could Google something and, you know, a second now, right? Where like, remember dial up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, you, Google was a, like a that four, was, a five minute fire. thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yo, before that, like, you know, you prodigy online. Remember you that know what I mean? Early, so yeah. Or, like, you know, you had a, <laughs> encyclopedias or whatever. And like, <laughs> yeah, that shit took me back, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's a, that's a wild like, throwback. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, like, you know, libraries and encyclopedias and all that kind of research that, you know, you used to have to do. I think, like, our generation, you know, I mean, I've heard, like, hip-hop bloggers and stuff refer to as, like, the microwave generation. And I mean, like, you could pop it in, the fast food generation, get it back instantly. And when we see these stories, these success stories on Instagram and such, um, that have been so successful and all you see are the highs and it seems like the overnight successes you haven't seen Man. how many things they started that didn't work out and just the how hours. hard they had yeah the hours. hours you know what i mean and it's like it will make you impatient if the if the purpose isn't there mm. right so like even myself i had started it's funny right because now i'm just like mad patient about this thing it's like yo, it's gonna get there mm -hmm. we're gonna keep talking about it. it's gonna get there like i have all the time in the world for it like i'm gonna hustle as hard as i can but i have all the time for it to pop like, I had started this food Instagram page, like, you know, probably about four or five years ago. And I had, like, this whole vision, like, I was going to take that and, you know, kind of funnel into this other idea. It was, like, it was going to be dope. And I just didn't have the patience. Like, I launched it and people were like, yo, this is this is dope. And I was getting frustrated. Like, man, I don't really know how to, like, work the social media thing, the following, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was so upset about that. I didn't get to enjoy the fact that, yo, it doesn't matter what your following is. Like, you had people who are like looking for your recommendations. Mm. Like, yo, like I stopped and people are like, yo, like how you stop posting? Like, yo, you, I used to bring like people to like, to go eat at the spots that you post. And I was like, yo, like it wasn't getting traction. They were like, yo, like you helped one person. Is that enough? Mm. And I had to think about it. I was like, damn, was my purpose to blow and feel like, yeah, you know, I'm popping. I got my own mm. thing I'm creating. Or was my purpose to help people find spots to eat at, right? Mm. And then grow that following and then make something else that was helpful. Yeah. So when you have that purpose, I think it allows you to be more patient and understand like um, whether there's one or one million people, like you're still satisfying whatever that thing right. is. And moments like that fine tune you as well, right? Like yeah. when you hear it, it's yes. like, well, damn, you're right. I, I originally started this idea because I wanted to put people on with the places that I like to eat or whatever the case mm -hmm. was. And it just somehow morphed into some other shit. Right. That, and I don't even know how I got here. Exactly. You know, every once in a while, people, not even every once in a while, all the damn time, people reach out to, to me and I know the same thing for, uh, but they've been like, man, I, I really like this. I like this episode or they hit me up about a specific segment that they liked or even that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. And whenever that happens, that kind of gives me the energy. It's like, damn, let me keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Like, sometimes you don't feel like doing it. Yeah, it's easy. But sometimes you just literally don't feel like mm -hmm. doing Absolutely. it. You know what I mean? You want to take breaks. You want to take weeks off of the cases. But when you do, and that one person hits you up like, yo, where are your episodes at? Like, I, I would not, like, there was... I think they went like recently. I think we went like two weeks or two so weeks, without dropping yeah. an episode. I'll have about four or five people hit me up like, yo, it was good. We've been waiting on your commentary on, um, I forgot what issue happened. Uh -huh. But stuff is like, it's like, yo, niggas is really listening yes. to us. I don't know why they listen to us every week. You know what I mean? Popping, but man. you know, But they do. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? I, I just tell myself just to, to, you know, to stay, stay humble. But right. 
it's dope. Yeah. It's dope, man. Like you said, you stopped doing it. People was like, yo, where, where you at? Right. We missed you. People right. that you probably weren't even expecting exactly. that follow your page or even take your recommendations. Right. You know what I'm saying? You done got somebody some buns off of one of the restaurants that you, <laughs> that you <laughs> recommended them. You know what I'm saying? Like, some that feels man. good. I'll take that commission, you know, exactly. please. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That feels good. Some buns. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, actually, that based off what you were saying that I was thinking about, because um, I have these conversations all the time with people around me about, like, I feel like, yo, there has to be something that like, I don't know, maybe we need to work on it together for real. But like, I think there's got to be something that we put out that shows people the downs. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I've been thinking about that for years now. Like, I think, you know, a lot of our platforms are like, yo, this person made it and they're successful. And like, this is what they did to become successful. Like, I think like, I was about to, I don't even want to even mention it, but there's a platform in particular that's all about like, yo, this is the structure that someone followed to get there, right? Mm. So like. Like, it shows like the roadmap? Yeah, okay. like, like y'all, like, these five things were essential in helping person oh, okay. X who does, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, become that. This is how this person became, you know, a curator for See, that's, that, a that's, record that's store. That's dangerous. That's so dangerous. Right. Because as a young, or just me, as an adult, I get on there, I'm like, oh, they did those five things, bet, sign me up. Right. I'm going to be there too. Right. That's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think if you have the right, frame of mind I think it could be helpful if you're like okay I'm watching all 10 of these episodes and I'm getting these five things from each of them so now you got 50 things that you know that you can you know implement in your business and all that I think that part from that regard as long as you have the perspective I think could be healthy but the part that's unhealthy to me is that for some reason our success stories never really go into depth about you know just how bad things got Mm -hmm. and when you you know you hear people say like oh man I got bad I was about to quit and then they stop there they don't tell you like Yo, there were times I thought I was stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, they don't, I, t- they don't tell you you was out in the street. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or just even just the depression that comes along with, yeah. yes. you know, failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you end up in really dark spaces or dark places because you just don't got it no more. You know what I mean? Like, even shit, we, uh, the shit that we do. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it this week. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but I put the pressure on myself that I have to. It's like, it's, it's an I don't int- want to do it. I don't want to get up and do it. It's an interesting concept, the interesting concept of privacy, right? Because people don't want people don't want to tell everybody about themselves. You mm-hmm. don't want to tell everybody your darkest, mm-hmm. deepest stories and and you know, your hardships and and your, you know, your your bad decisions because people judge you. You right. know what I mean? You don't want them to see you in that bad light. That mm-hmm. that's you know what what they always say your first impression is is the mm-hmm. thing that lasts the most, right? So it's like you never want people to know about you, but at the end of the day, those are the things that keep people attracted to you. Absolutely. Yes. You're human. Right. You know You're human I mean? just yes. like yeah. me. You bleed just like me. Yeah. You get tired just like me. I want to hear those stories. Don't hide right. that shit. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. hide that. I get way more inspired by like, you know, that's why I I, I fuck with like a J. Cole so much. Right. Like I love Kendrick. I like and I think his his technical acumen is amazing. But like there's something about listening to a Cole mm-hmm. song for me. That's just like every time I'm like, damn, heavy hitter. Yo, that's me. I feel that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of the times it's like, yo, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Yo, I, I'm trash. Yo, I fucked up again. Right. Like and I'm hearing these things and I'm like, yo, yes. And I just think that there needs to be a wave of those kind of things and you know amongst everything it can't just be music it can't just be poetry like these are like art forms that traditionally like you give all of yourself right right? but like yo like i want an entrepreneur to tell me like yeah we were operating in the red for like five years Mm -hmm. 
That's I was a, losing that's money. Yeah, that's a, you know what a I mean? lot of people. Yeah, shit, that's a lot. Look at Shark Tank. I mean, I, I frequently watch that show. People on there, uh, the the only people who make it on that show who actually get selected are people who have like quit their jobs, yeah, and whole life savings and, into yeah, it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they're grinding and they like they're on the show crying like, "Yo, if you don't help me out <laughs> right, and give me this money, right? Like, this is it. I don't know what's going to happen after this, but." Mm-hmm. This, this is why I'm here. But and those are the type of stories I want to hear. Right. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to turn, that, I, you know, there has to be some sort of platform, whether it's a podcast or a, a video podcast or just booklets of these stories. Like, mm-hmm. those are the type of things that, that inspire. Those are the kind of light the fire behind, you know, behind everything that we do. And Absolutely. the crazy thing is, is like, people yearn for motivation. When you work out, you know, you, you, you listen to motivational music. You listen to shit that'll get you going. It, when I'm at work, I'll listen to like Eric Thomas and, and different mm-hmm. um, people like just just get you throughout the day. And and the thing is, they always come back to like a couple of things. And I'm, I'm going to mention them. It's three things that I think that people really need to focus on. One is making a plan. I've had too many people tell me to make a plan, like too many people that honestly and where I am in life, they're doing better than me, whether they're older or younger. But they, it always comes back to just making a plan. And until you, you, you know, y'all were mentioning purpose. Until you make that plan and figure out, all right, here's where I want to see myself. You may not know where you want to go, but here's what I see in myself, and here's what I want to have. And then you just you just draw the roadmap and get there. Right. But you know, I like I, I always use the the GPS um, mm-hmm. analogy, like. Don't worry about your your decisions too much because you're exactly. going to get there. Exactly. It's just you got to put in the time. You got to you know develop the patience. It's just like when you project manage, right? Yeah, you, you have to start date and you have to end date, right? And you you're going to have to get there and you, right, and you backtrack, you backtrack yep. it. Yep. You know what I mean? I know I need to finish this in Dece- December first, bet. so what I need to get done November thirtieth, yep. mm-hmm. November twenty ninth, and then when they throw that September, wrench in there, you gotta yeah, you gotta adjust. Yep. That's it, that's it. Nah, it's 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 great. And then the second thing is, is um, knowing how to respond. So like for me, man, it's been a long way. Like I've come a long way in terms of understanding how to respond to just not situations, but like individual people, you know, just knowing how to respond to yourself as well. When you get mad, you know, don't beat yourself up about something, you know, like, for example, when I play basketball, sometimes if I'm missing a couple of jump shots in a row. I was just be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, right. you know how to shoot. Like, right. like make the shot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But you can't do that. You just got to keep shooting. You got exactly. Kobe. You got to keep shooting. Yeah. Like, for me, you know, probably a year ago, two years ago, if someone were to come at me slick or whatever, I'm immediately, like, down your throat. Mm. Like, I'm immediately, like, whatever. You know, they can call it Napoleon Complex or whatever, but... You, <laughs> Nah, but nah. I mean, but it's real. Like you, yeah. you always feel like you have to make a presence. Yeah. And then through talking to like my therapist and other people as well, it's just a matter of like knowing how to respond because you know this is Chinese proverb. It was like um, one moment of patience can save you a hundred days of sorrow. Wow. Right? Because if you don't, if you don't react in that moment of anger, just like you mentioned earlier, with the person spitting in your face, that'll save you a hundred days of sorrow or or you know worst case scenario death so like if somebody do something to you and my dad really told me this if somebody do something to you like just relax like really think about it and not, don't think about like what you would do think about more why they would do that shit mm. that shit is so crazy mm. to think about it like that but mm. like son why are you 
calling the cops on me when I'm just selling water on the corner? Wow. Like, re- what's yeah. really bothering you right. that much? You know what I mean? Like, like, why did you feel the need to, like, make fun of me? Or why did you feel the need to try to, like, talk to me in a belitt- belittling way or something like that? It's like, once you start thinking about things like that, then you can probably understand more, like, how Barack Obama walked around and was just like, yo, it's okay. You can call me a monkey. You can call me uh, um, a legal citizen. You can call me a nigger. And, like, you never saw that man, like, get angry. Right. You know, you never saw that quote-unquote angry black man mood or whatever. And then the third thing is, man, especially out in this world, you have to learn how to hunt. Mm. You have to learn how to hunt. Like, you have to learn how to take advantage of the opportunity when it's presented to you because the shit will not come around again. Like, like people, you know, everybody, hey, I'm a savage, this, that, and the third. Everything has to be calculated. You have to be a hunter. And you, like, opportunities just don't come to you. You create them shits. Like, you have to put yourself in the right position at the right time so when the door opens, you can walk through that joint because that moment will never happen again it the door will be open again potentially but in that moment that could have been a moment where you had to get through and you could have gone further than it it, it you know you have you you'll go like 10 15 years down the line so like be a hunter man with everything like just the mindset hey you know when we do this podcast you know i shit just like he said sometimes we don't we won't have it all thought out <laughs> won't have the topics and shit for real yeah. but like you know you have to do this shit mm-hmm. and it, it's hard because like i know for me personally like i don't I, you know i get up i leave my house at seven i don't get back home till 10 mm-hmm. so i'm going throughout the day just just going 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 and then i'm like shit we gotta record mm-hmm. and then niggas pull up and we, we, we uh we record you know geechee always reminds me yo, yo what's the topics and i'm like shit i haven't even thought about the joint you know but it's just like you you just you just get it done like you have to get it done because like other people are doing it i mean i've read stories like magic johnson when he was younger you know out in the snow playing basketball and shit you know you hear the stories about michael jordan getting cut from his high school team you know um oprah winfrey and everything that she went through like all these crazy downs and those are the most successful people now and they're out here just telling people like look continue through push through and it, it sounds so cliche but it's real. Like, that's all you have to do. Push through. Like, imagine if Oprah had never, like, responded the way she responded. There'd be hella black girls everywhere, mm-hmm. like, not doing shit. There'd be hella girls in Africa not at a sc- not at her school. Like, straight up. Real. Straight up. Um, it's crazy you say that. So, like, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, like, what's interesting about point one and point three, right, like, knowing how to hunt and um, the, uh, sorry, what was uh, one? What was the actual term for one again? I'm making a plan. Make a plan. So, it's interesting, right? Because, like, both of them are absolutely key, right? But, like, in some ways, they're actually, they can be, depending on how you're looking at it, opposites, mm-hmm. right? And this is why I always talk about balance and how necessary it is, right? Because, like, planning is critical for your success but there's a point where you can over plan right right where like that shit starts to become a, cl- a crutch like yo oh but we're not ready yet we don't have x y and z like you know like i find like our team like we're always like all right guys wait all right let's just let's it's it gets to a certain point yo let's, let's just put this yeah. out we're always going to improve on it we're going to become better you want to put out put out the best product that you can 
but like know it's going to get better right yeah and like so plan for that and then put it out right so like knowing you know how to hunt and like getting it done and actually just going for it is like kind of like that counterpart right so that plan part of it is just going out and doing and trying and seeing how things work out but it's really crazy because like you need both to be successful. Right. But it's like, if you do any one more than the other, you out here just going for it, but you have no plan at all. You could be running in circles. You know, you could miss more opportunities because you're right. not prepared for them, right? Or, um, you know, you go out and try for something and, you know, you just didn't have, you didn't approach it the right way, right? But you could plan too much too, where all you're doing is planning on something and maybe you never strike, you never right. execute like point three, and someone else comes through and does. And now your idea is... It's gone. Yeah. All right. And I think sometimes too, <clears throat> another point that I've learned is just you got to tune the outside out. Mm. Like it's so many people that always have something. They, people are always going to have something to say. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you doing this? I don't like that idea. Or, or so many people are doing that. Why y'all jumping on that? Sometimes you just got to say, man, fuck y'all. Right. I'm going to do it because I want right. to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we, we got stories on our own. Yeah. Of people saying certain things. It's like, well, it's not your money that you're putting up. Mm. Yeah. Period. And that's mm-hmm. one thing. Like, is you're not part of this. You right. don't see the bigger vision. And just Real. when you're talking about putting out content, like sometimes you just gotta put it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And worry about it later. Always know that you did your best in the moment. Exactly. And hold on to that and just throw it out there. And people respond. They don't. People, you know, they don't. And just do it. Do it all over again. You know what I mean? Like we can't just hold on to what everybody else got. To right, say. bro. Protecting that's just your always going to hold you back. Yeah. And the crazy, the crazy thing about it is, in these moments, right? You know, these these episodes that we're putting out, this is the come up, mm. right? So when we're recognized for it on on a, you know a more wider scale, you know, with a, a larger audience, people are going to go back and listen to these episodes and be like damn like like yo they've come a long way mm-hmm. you know and I'm, I'm thinking right now i'm putting out my best but i already know bro like just niggas from, ain't even in their bag yet right you <laughs> know what i mean like like we put, we putting out consistently good shit but like literally every day like i wake up and i'm like all right what can i do better i'll right. listen to myself about four or five times on the pod and be like okay stop saying i'd be like <laughs> or you know what i mean like or you know stop being like um or whatever yeah. but then like at the same time you know my brother always tell me yo you the truth keep it real like all right keep it real like don't don't hold yourself back from your graces mm-hmm. from your goodness and just just but let that's it fly listen they like who you are yeah don't change it yeah that's that's, that's a fact mean? yeah don't change it they ain't tell you shit about it yeah do what you do man we had the last time i looked i was on it was like last week man you know, those couple situations where you just get like, not emotional, but it's like, damn, like you really doing something. I looked on iTunes. We had 26 five-star ratings. Oh, wow. sure. I haven't looked at that. Fucking joint. 26 five. I was like, yo, nice. I just <laughs> randomly went on the yeah, yeah. And I was like, God, 26. I was like, yo, 26 people yeah. took the time to just press the star. Here. Word. Five star. Shout out to the 26 people. Shout out to the fucking 26. It's dope. It's dope. It's just a reminder that, you know, if, if you want to do something, just do it yeah you know what i mean we've had these kind of with you you know what i mean you told you like you said you told some of your friends about what you plan on doing what i spl- I, i'm saying it right i splatter right? It's, it's splatter. so it's splatter I, I splatter is like the verb so that's our social Got media you. so like i splatter but like you said you told people yeah. about splatter and they're like ah mm-hmm. <laughs> but the ad don't mean nothing to me <laughs> right. like, this is something that i want to do so i'm going to do it whether i fail or i'm successful mm-hmm. i still put something out to the world i still put my vision out to the world and that's all i'm asking for you know what i mean you know what i what i realized like i feel like you know part of it you know when you when you're learning to hunt as we were talking about 
and you know just going for it putting things out into the universe um if you scale it properly you can actually do that pretty soon right like sooner than later um and it gives you the opportunity to like see that tangibility mm -hmm. to make that connection right so like for us the, the way we really like i think that yeah, we were talking about it right in the crib for like probably about i came up with it on a sunday sunday night we came back we talked about it a little bit monday we talked about it a little bit monday night i had a call with a different friend and like i started to really believe in it even more by like wednesday we were like yo i felt like tense i was like yo we gotta do something right like i just feel like we're talking a lot you know we have google doc randomly with like ideas yeah, and stuff like google that google doc on for a google doc right? for a google doc yeah. yeah it's like four days in right it's really not that like yo like mark it's cool like it's four days it's, you haven't been procrastinating right but in the same breath i was like yo it was wednesday i think on thursday we had decided yo let's just go get some paint and some canvases and like just try this shit in the garage. We'll yeah. put up some like tarps. We'll protect this, this shit. And let's just see where it goes, right? So we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I, yo, I've not done any, like, I'm not an artsy person, right? In my mind, at least, at least stereotypically, I'm now starting to realize, like, yo, I do have an interest in art. Um, but I didn't have no experience, training, no, no training. Yet. I knew nothing about the different types of paint. I didn't know what was going to give us the effects we wanted. I knew nothing about canvases, brushes, how much that shit costs because it's mad expensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know anything. We looked up an art store in Hyattsville. We went out to, to yeah. Hyattsville. Looked like a group of niggas walking into an art store. Yo. Hey, yo, give me this paint. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, security. <laughs> yo, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just asking questions. We came back with like, like yo, maybe like three bottles of paint. Like we do, we get we give so much more. Now it's just crazy. Like we didn't know anything about anything, right? But I say all that to say that um, we came back. We didn't know what the hell we were doing, and we just tried it in the garage. And like because we scaled it so small, mm -hmm. we had friends that were, you know our neighbor was over here, and you know she has um some of her friends there. We had her come through. We happened to have a couple of our friends that were in town visiting. And it was like a small intimate group, like I think it was like eight of us in the garage. You know, he put up the tarps, threw on some music, and like just try to simulate what we had thought we had envisioned. And ultimately it grew much more than uh, you know, what what it was then. But I think that having that tangible example, right? Like seeing it that early allows you to tune the people out, like you're saying, right? Because like initially you can have an idea, but it may it may not work the way you think it will, right? Like that happens all the time. People that cook know that, right? Like yeah. your recipe, like, oh, I got this great idea. I'm gonna make this with this spice. And now you taste it and you're like, damn, this ain't yeah, come out the way I trash. thought. Or or you taste it and it's good to you and you give it to somebody else and it's that just like, right, this ain't right. it. <laughs> right. Yeah, this ain't it. You know what right. I mean? Because ideas always sound good in your exactly. head. Exactly. I have to see it in front of me now. Yes. Let me let me test it out. Let me put it in front of people that love me. So, yep. so they're gonna tell me the truth, right? Whether they love it or hate it, right? They won't keep it real. And you know I haven't invested so much into it and put it out to the Let world yet. I need I need it to bubble. Let's exactly. start it right here where I'm comfortable in my exactly. space with my people. Exactly. Shit, same thing with us. You know what I mean? We grabbed the criminal one day. It's like fuck it, let's do some test runs and just see how all I right. go. And yeah. then he's like, all right, this ain't too bad. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah. From, yeah. So after that initial uh, situation, what, what were the next steps? So uh, we we ran that test run. Um, everybody was like, yo, this was like way doper than I expected it to be. We we're like, cool. Well, you know, so what was the genre? First off, the genre for that one, yeah. Um, I think we did a mix because we wanted to see like how people would react to different things. You know, so like I think 
moving forward, then, you know, as we start doing like these real pop-ups, we're going to have like, yo, it's going to be R&B night or like trap night, right? But like, we were in testing, right? So like, we didn't want to be too prescriptive to tell people like, yo, because I think when you do that, you're telling people like, come in with this mood, yeah. right? Like, yo, you're coming in expecting to get turnt when it's trap. You coming in expecting to like, maybe feel um, expression, more expressive when you coming in with like R&B or something, right? So, we didn't want to tell anyone, especially when we were testing, how did you feel? So we were like, yo, let's give a bunch of different vibes and see mm-hmm. which one people came out with. So that first one was like, we had, you know, we had some happy music on it. I would say in general, it was all like relatively happy and positive sounding. Mm-hmm. But like some of it was like oldies. Some of it was reggae. Some of it was like, you know, trap. Um, but everything felt relatively positive. And then what we started to do is um we played around with genres more when we did our formal test runs. So that one was really just like the fuck it, we about to just no planning, mm-hmm. just see where this goes. And then we started doing test runs in the garage. So like we had like a few of them out here. Uh we kept inviting different populations over. So like, you know, different age groups, different like, you know, backgrounds, interests, people that knew each other, people who didn't know each other, groups that were all friends, like all that. Just like experimenting with different vibes. Mm-hmm. And we created a formal survey. So a post and a pre um to know how you were feeling before you came in and how you were feeling after and we experimented with music again so like we had like an all trap turn up one and then we had like you know like a uh, like an oldies one where or not oldies but i guess like a 90s hip-hop or whatever right so it's like more of like a retro feel like yeah we just tried different different vibes and um like y'all doing the, uh, the afro beat joint we didn't yo we talking about it though oh, we, yeah, oh, that, yeah that's, no, that'll yes. be lit especially in this area yes yeah. It's gonna happen. Yeah. It's for sure yeah, going speak to happen. that into existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely gonna happen. We've been talking about it. Um, my roommate is um, he's half. He's actually he's Mozambican, South African, and then uh, Cuban. And um, I'm blanking on the last one. Yeah, something else. Yeah, something else. Latino. Yeah. Can't remember. But anyway, you know he's he's like big on the Afro beats thing too. Right. So um, you know we uh, yeah, we you know we've been bumping it. And we were talking about, you know, giving that a go too. So that would definitely happen in due time. Um, just making sure like everything is right for it. But yeah, that's going to happen. Right. Um, we put those test runs together and then we felt comfortable with the feedback. We kept trying different things, like trying different tools. You know, like first time we did it, I think we had like just squeeze bottles. It was like very few of them. I think we had like maybe like two that everybody was going to share. Passing around. Yeah. around. Like, all right, you squeeze it. Go. All right, <laughs> yeah. you go. You know, like it was crazy. Um, and then we just started experiments. All right, we found this online. Okay, let's try adding this. What does it look like if we add this tool? Um, what does it look like if we play around with lighting? You know, just like different things that we can manipulate in here. And we just saw how did it, you know, how did it affect things. By the end, we felt comfortable with the feedback. We were like, all right, it's not perfect. Like people aren't, you know, coming here talking about like, yo, like this is the most amazing thing and don't change anything at all. Like people have feedback, but like we got to the point where we were like, all right, this is good enough to put out to the public. And we'll continue to grow as it's an actual thing. So the next step is this soft launch, we're calling it, in Jersey. Um, that's for a larger audience. More people doing that once than we've ever had, you know. So that's going to be cool. We're really going to get to see, you know, what it looks like on a large scale. We think it's going to scale really nicely because um, more people, more vibes, more mm-hmm. energy. Right. Um, bigger space, you know, ambiance. It's not a garage. Right. People, so there's a lot of things. People always want to fuck up shit. For real, for real. People want to come through and fuck shit. They want to make a mess, bro. Yeah, that's that's what that's really like, and that's it's cool, man, because there's just different elements, right? It's like you can create, you can express, you can come and fuck shit up, um, you know, you can 
whatever it is you want to be. You want to be creative. You know, you want to be, you want to just make a mess. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Just like destroy something. Like, that's cool. Yeah. We putting up the protective stuff and, you know, it's there for you. So I think the best thing you said, and I keep thinking about it, is uh, the creation of the surveys. Mm. Get, getting that immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. Feedback is something that, you know, whether positive or negative, really puts you forward. It really takes you to the next level. Like, you know, people always look at negative feedback in a negative way, you know, but I, I honestly just, I need the feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need somebody to tell you, all right, well, this was good or this was bad or I didn't like this or this, that, and the third because it allows you to then think, all right, why? Right. You know, or or what are they truly saying? Why are they saying that? Finding that true purpose behind it. And then you can pivot and make adjustments that way. Exactly. You can't do anything without feedback. Right. So, yeah. You got to listen to your audience. You know what I mean? Like, how can I grow if I'm not exactly. adjusting to what people are asking me for? Exactly. You know I mean? Sometimes so, it's shaping your, your audience too, yeah. right? Like, some sometimes it's, okay, you keep getting this from, you know, this type of person. And maybe it's like, okay. We've tried a couple different ways to change it. And this type of person may not even be the same individual, right? But like maybe they have similar interests or similar backgrounds. And you're like, okay, that may just not be our, our niche, right? And like, that's cool. That's feedback helps you understand that too. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you said one is the one you're uh, looking to do in DC? So I have a date. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was officially on. No, nah, we, we have pie. a date. Okay. We have a date. I just. You know, sometimes things can change and, you know, I, yeah. we want to see how Jersey goes. And we, D.C. may end up being bigger, right. you know, like, so we just kind of want to keep it. But, um, I mean, the Instagram is at I splatter. That's S-P-L-A-D-R. I-S-P-L-A-D-R. And all the information is going to be on there. Um, the event brights up. So if you click the link, you'll see the tickets and all that stuff. So, you know, keep posted. There's going to be flyers that come out podcast will definitely know for sure so you guys will have multiple sources to get the information it's lit it's lit man well yo yeah uh you geeks you got anything to say man i thought we had some other i thought you had some other topics we want to jump into right quick we i think we we slaughtered them all shit man i got time we got we got we got everything out the way let me check we we uh we two hours in shit we two hours in y'all niggas was rapping that's crazy one by fast, right? Right. <laughs> I was scared. I was like, I ain't gonna make the the whatever the, the time. I think I hit y'all up. I was like, how long these normally go? Man, we. I oh was yeah. Like, I, I thought I was gonna hit like twenty six point three. I feel like the last couple episodes have been like our longest for real, right? and, and they've been our best. Our best, yeah. You know, what I mean, because you know when we first started, we was like, yo, we don't want to make it too long because you know people wouldn't listen. Now it's just like I I I actually the feedback I get from people is like, yo. Like, we wanted that episode to be longer. You got to bring that person back on, mm-hmm. you know, because it, they just like the conversation, mm-hmm. like the vibe. Some, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I'm I'm thinking about, and, you know, I, I got to talk to Geechee about this, but bringing on past guests that we've had at, at the same time just to see their energy and, oh, and, and yeah. different things like that. Because we have a lot of things to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of different topics. I mean, we play the cuff game every once in a while when we have ladies on and different <laughs> things like that. But it's just a good conversation to have, you yeah. know what I mean, just to get the different perspective because no two people think alike, you know what I mean? And that's that's what I really uh, like about it. But, uh, shit, as far as other topics, man, shit, they was talking about um, Nipsey Hussle slapping that dude at the BAT Awards. Yeah, 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 Did he yeah. really? Yeah. He, he slapped somebody. Like one of the workers, right? Yeah, it was like a, par- <laughs> it was like a parking attendant or something I, like I that. Assume. Yeah. I assume. I assume. Oh, I, I saw the video last night. Like, basically, 
I don't know what was going on. Nipsey pulled up his car. He parked it somewhere. I guess dude probably was like, man, you can't park there. So his cousin, the, come to find out it was his cousin. His cousin got out the car or whatever. He was like moving the cone out the way. Mm-hmm. So he was walking back towards Nipsey and the parking attendant. Parking attendant smacked the cone out of Nipsey's cousin's hand. So natural reaction. Nipsey smacked the shit out, out, of, out of dude and like security came and like grabbed him or whatever. But I feel like <laughs> this is this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Like, Nipsey, he had a great year. Mm-hmm. You know, Victory Lap is like a critically acclaimed, right. you know what I mean? Probably the best album that's come out um, this year so far. In a split second like that, you can fuck around and end up arrested or in a mm-hmm. lawsuit or even worse, you know, police mm-hmm. pull up and next thing you know, you dead. You know right. what I mean? Like, and that's what we were talking about with mm-hmm. it being completely out of your control. Yeah. All right? It's like somebody else come in. You know, to you, it's like, all right, maybe I overreact and I tripped a little bit, all right? But like, Yo, that shit could end nah, I, I would I straight come for that nigga money. I'd sue the shit out to him. They said the dude, when he walked away, he like the people that were recording said that they heard him dab up one of his other employees and was like, yeah, I just got myself a check. <laughs> nah, thanks. <laughs> you know? Nah, I mean, Nipsey didn't get arrested, though. He actually ended up performing yeah. um, at the, pre, the pre-show or whatever. But <laughs> once yeah, again, silver suit. Did silver he suit. egg him on? Nah, like, okay. for real, for, let me keep it at 100. The parking attendant dude, like, he was the aggressor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's the one that, you know, he smacked the parking co- the, the cone out of the dude's hand. Yeah. So at that point, it, it literally was just so quick. Yeah. It was just a natural action. And, and this he didn't even, like, it wasn't like a smack smack. You know what I mean? He caught him. Nah, but... he smacked the shit out that <laughs> He smacked the shit out that man. And he, he hit him with a quick square up, but then security grabbed him, whatever. <laughs> but like you said, in that moment, it's like, damn, man. And even him, Nipsey came out after was, was like, man, that was, it was out of character. I mean, like, I shouldn't have never let it get that far. Mm. But, that you know, you don't know the relationship with his cousin. That could be his little cousin. That might be, you know, True. you don't know people's relationships. So if somebody disrespects your cousin in front of you, shit, you... You probably gonna yeah. do the same exact thing. You know sure. what I mean? So, but all yeah. in all, um, I didn't really. All in all, the BET Awards was pretty was cool. I watched the performances for the most part. Yeah. Um, LMA, you know, the boot up joint. Everybody loved LMA. She performed. They cut her ass off to throw a damn commercial on. Uh, it's like everybody. I remember on Twitter, everybody was like, "Yeah, they can't wait. They can't wait." And she got through like half the second verse, and BET just cut that jump smack off and ruthless. put our commercial up. You know who I thought did a very good job? Her. I, I love her. I don't listen to a lot of the music, but I see her. I seen her twice, man. I love her. She's dope. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get get hit real quick because yeah. her performance is real live. So. Right. Man, I seen her three times, matter of fact. And uh, DC, mm-hmm. I saw she opened up for Bryson. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her in an individual concert, and then I think she she opened up for somebody else. What is that nigga doing, Bryson Tiller? I haven't heard of that nigga since the joint. Comeback, man. Yeah, he's got another his next album coming out. He, oh, okay. he coming back strong. Because I hadn't heard guys. of him since that that DJ Khaled shit with Rihanna. Oh yeah, he got to come back strong, man. Because this is his lane. Like he does it to me. He does it the best out of all these like trap yeah. R and B niggas. Like the last album, he got a lot of flack for the last album. It grew on me. It did. It, it grew on me. Yeah. It, it wasn't obviously it wasn't his best work, right. but it grew on me. It wasn't as bad as it as yeah. you know. As Yo, people were like going off on it. I, I mean, I thought it was all right. It was straight to yeah. me. It, at, fir- at first, a couple listens, I ain't like it. Then yeah, eventually, like now, like a year and a half later, I'm like, yeah. I could throw it on. I can yeah. listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all heard uh, Tiamat Taylor's album? Yes. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. What y'all think about that, bro? You go first. I fuck with it. Word. Yo, I, so I listen to it. I think the production is great. You know, I think the vocals are cool. The one thing I with this whole like stretch of Yay albums, I wish that, uh, I think he actually said it on the track too, on one of Tiana's ones. He was like, no transitions. And like, 
that's the one thing that kind of bothers me. Like the tracks just kind of like it just doesn't sound cohesive. The, the sequencing just is right. not there exactly. At all. And I don't know if it's like a product of like they really create until last minute because I allegedly that's what this yeah. all these albums have been where like they've just been up like all nighters trying to get everything right and putting it out. So I don't know if it's a product of that. Or if they're just like, yo, we're focused on the individual track. I don't really know what it is, but I mean, I, other than that, I banged with it. I went online and I saw a couple people saying like, oh, what's this? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. So I, my, I was, the first time I listened to it, I was over at my girl house. My mm-hmm. girl, she loved Tiana Taylor. Okay. Tiana Taylor's last album, whatever it's called, like seven or whatever. That album is dope. I haven't heard it, actually. Go back and listen to that first album, okay. man. That first album is dope from the beginning to the end. So I always say this. I only compare artists to themselves. Mm. Comparing the second album to the first album, it ain't for me. Damn. It ain't for me, man. I listen, I listen, I listen I to it. it. Maybe we listen to it together. It's short. So we listen to it together maybe three times straight. Yep. And through the last one on, like, it's night and day to me. Damn. There was a lot. To me, like the first four songs, she was sound like Jasmine Sullivan, man. <laughs> Listen, now that I said it, go back and listen. Word. I'm getting Jasmine Sullivan vibes like the first three or four songs. Oh, I think, yeah, we know what Ye does, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't. I just don't know if his production style matched up for her. For her. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that. Then, like you said, the sequencing is all over the place. That mm-hmm. last song. Random, right? Bruh. The, yeah. the, even the threesome song is random as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know. It just, it just, the album just ain't for me. I got to listen to it some more, but I just don't see it growing on me. It's just like the Nas joint. I did not like the Nas joint. You didn't like all. the Nas one either? It, Fuck it, no. It, sound, it sounded like he was rapping and then Kanye put like, the beat on. Put the beat yeah. Son, I had this conversation <laughs> with my man. I, yeah. had to, I had a conversation with my girl. It sounded like, like he was they rapping took old, to other tunes. Yeah. Yeah. They took, I swear to you, they I'm took sure they old pre recorded Nas verses and yeah. Kanye put new production on it because the shit don't sound, yeah. it don't sound don't like. Sound, Match like that a, all. It doesn't sound like a Nas is very calculated. Like he he's very 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 cal- for that album to sound the way it did. I was just like, damn, Kanye. Th- th- here here's the thing. Well, Nas heard that album when we heard that album. Put it like nah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, the day that they dropped that's that, that's how joint, I feel. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's how what I he feel. did with it. Yeah, I, oh, I, okay. it has to be. No way that Nas. No, Nas hasn't even really been promoting that joint. Y'all peep that. Nas, nah, his, his gram he, to me, he going I heavy on his gram I haven't seen it I gotta go up there I just yeah. haven't seen Nas really I mean, promote that, that, that joint could, to me I think he heard that he joint got a lot of merch and stuff like that, 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 okay. oh, that shit is a wash for real for yeah. real like it's, it's a like I mean it's it, the bars are still there obviously but, it's not him but yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying like like with the Tiana Taylor album like it's cool you know I like a couple of tracks um, Rose in Harlem is, is a, that's the standout joint yeah that, that's, that's definitely one um was it gonna love me? Mm-hmm. You know, all the joints love that, but like you said, you, you said Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine Sullivan vibes it, all over that joint. She, she doesn't Tiana Taylor doesn't have a sound. Like I, I don't I don't know what Tiana Taylor sounds because like. Because she sounds like Jasmine Sullivan on yeah, that Yeah, she sounds like so many other people, and I'm just like, well, you know, when you hear Rihanna, you know it's right. When you hear Beyonce, when you hear Alicia Keys, you know. But I will say, right? One of the because this is her second mm-hmm. project? Yeah. She didn't have yeah. mixtapes before, right? Not like, that I know. I'm not, I feel I'm like not most singers yeah. don't, right? What was her, her first project? Was the Miss Miss uh, Understanding? Or, or uh, was that the name of Seven? I think it's Seven or some shit like it's that. It's Seven. And, yeah, I think that's the name of it. I'm pretty I sure it's the name it. of the album. But Go if back it, and listen to that joint, bro. It's if dope. this is only her second one, right? Then I feel like artists need that yeah, time seven. to like, yeah. you know, artists need that time to cultivate and figure out what their sound is going to be and craft it over time, right? That's so true. like, you know, 
I feel like rappers are so cemented in. I mean, maybe not the ones that come out now because you can pop so quickly. But when you look at like, you know, the guys that are really like, you know, the kings of our generation, like the Big Sean's, the, you know, the Coles, Kendrick's, Drake's, those people have had time to craft this sound, right? Where they've like, they've experimented and they've taken different artists and, you know, they, they put them in the melting pot, they put their own flavor on it and then that's their style, right? So much so where now like, you can't hear anyone else but them. And you're like, yo, that's, like, I always use Cole because that's, like, that's my main artist, right? And if you go back and you hear when he was, like, called The Therapist and you listen to his stuff. Oh, yeah, he's telling Eminem. Eminem, straight. Yeah. Like, yo, the storytelling, Eminem yeah. and Nas, like, you can hear it, mm-hmm. OD, right? And then time goes on, time goes on. He bakes some things in. He adds some new things. He changes up a little bit. And, like, all of a sudden, you know, he has this really um, identifiable sound. Right, but I feel like that's because he had the time to bake that out and, and learn more start, about himself. He started worrying about what other people was telling him. Right, for real, for real. Like, right. yo, you guys sound like this, or you gotta do this. Like, you start worrying about what was popular. Right, and just started. Like, I'm gonna put my shit out. Right, and that that's that holds true for him. So, this is the question I have. You know, good music now. There were like four albums in now. So it's Pusha, Pusha Kanye, okay. Tiana. Kiss, Nas Kiss, and then the, then so it's five albums mm-hmm. in. I think out of those five, I've listened to Nas, Tayana, Pusha, and Pusha. I haven't listened to. Are that. you anti? Are you are you boycotting? Yeah, but I feel like a hypocrite because they're all produced by Kanye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So it's like it's like I'm still supporting the nigga. You know what I mean? But I just told myself I'm just not gonna stream his album. You ain't, you ain't got to worry about it. That shit that shit not hitting. Because I was gonna ask you, have you? So how do y'all feel about the other two that's I, come out? I haven't heard Kanye's album completely, like the Yay joint, mm-hmm. but that shit's not hitting. <laughs> like it's just. Yeah, I think not, a general consensus. It's just not like he's saying nothing. Like. I actually think he's talking more than he's talked in a while, mm. in my opinion. Man, I think uh, on his album or the, yeah. the okay on his album. I I didn't I listened to to Ghost also, but I didn't give it too many spins like that. Um, I did listen to Yay. Yo, I mean, right off the bat, first song, you know, I thought about killing you. You know what I mean? Like, um, talking about suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. right? Like this is Kanye West, right? Who for the past few albums has been. Everything has been extravagance and, you know, whatever it is, you know, being uh, influential and fashion and whatever, right? And, like, this is somebody talking about, yo, like, I said something bad and this is supposed to be the time that, like, he says it in a song, right? He's like, yeah. he says, like, uh, I thought about killing you. I guess this is the point where I'm supposed to say something so it doesn't seem so bad. But the truth is, no, I, I really did think about killing you. And, you know, I love you way more than I love myself. So... Oh no, I love myself way more than I love you. Therefore, I thought about killing you, right? It's like this whole, like, this real, it's, it's actually, I think conceptually that song is pretty powerful because like, you know, suicidal ideation and things like that. So I don't think people talk about it, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. We don't talk too much about, um, about you know, those kind of taboo topics. Right. And for him to talk about it, you know, when he's been on a, you know, ego trip for the Crazy. past few years. Pa- past few years? That nigga been an egotistical for a motherfucker for right. So for me, I just look at it like even if I was gonna listen to the Kanye album, the verses that I've heard from him on these other albums mm-hmm. just ain't for me. Like the verse on the Pusha album to me is trash. His verse on the uh, Shot the Kid joint, yeah. the joint. How y'all feel about that song? Cop shot the kid. Cop shot the kid. How you feel about the song? I like it. it, it, it no, 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 no. How, how you feel about Kanye on that song? One, it, one. The song is too happy go lucky for me. For it to be like when when I look at the title, "Cop Shot the Kid," I don't want to hit the "Cop Shot the Kid." Cop, like you, you know what I mean? I don't. 
It's like who's that? Is that Eric B or is Rock? It's it's a uh, is it Slick Rick? Slick Rick. That's yeah. what Slick Rick. Yeah, yeah, Slick Rick. Yeah, I just don't like Kanye on that joint just because of because of the Trump shit. Yeah, it's ironic. Yeah, right? man. That, like you know, MAGA hat and uh, you know, slavery is a choice. You're in love. You're fascinated by a guy who stands behind police shooting kids. Kanye made a mistake, dog. Like he he can support Donald Trump, and that's cool. But he made the mistake in obsessing over that dude, which is, I guess, what you're saying. Like when you put someone on that pedestal, saying that they're not about what they're doing, which was, you know, putting kids in detention centers mm-hmm. and and like blatantly disrespecting your people that you look like, and trying to just say oh he didn't really mean to do that he's just being himself and y'all should do the same like how do you how do you respect that i actually have i'm like of the same belief i've had this discussion with like a few of my friends um and like definitely are at differences but Mm -hmm. i feel the same way i actually feel like yo if you're gonna support him and all that all right like i i really don't as much as like i don't you know i'm like yo that's you whatever like right but i think the responsible thing that you got to do is like, I think the idea behind the fact that, yo, you can look at anyone and see something that maybe you like, like one thing about that person. Of course. I think even like from a biblical standpoint, like that, that's actually cool. I think you can look at every single person and be like, All yeah, right, I like this, this one thing. This person does this shit right. well. Yeah. And, and we will be lying to ourselves if we say there's not things in Trump that we all right. can look like. For me, mind you, six years yo, ago, hip hop was like, yo, love Trump, that nigga. Uh, right. Dog, Jeezy, my favorite rapper. Right. He got a whole song right. about Donald Trump. Right. And even looking at that, even though I do not like Trump, anything he stands for, there is something about him that I do like. I like the fact that that nigga just don't give a fuck. And that you know that's why Kanye said he like him. The same reason. Yo, he D- said didn't it. Say that. Trump, Trump, he said it. Trump oh, he gets, said it. Okay. Yeah. Trump gets shit done. Right. Like, that I, nigga I, don't give a fuck. <laughs> he's gonna do it. He's like, I'm I gonna love get it that. I wish I could be like that every single day. Yo, in his in the interview, <laughs> I ain't got the wallet though. <laughs> in the interview when they were in the studio, that when that whole Ti versus or uh, Kanye, I don't even remember what was it. Yeah, that little back and forth. Kanye versus the people, did, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Him and Ti. That shows whack. Yeah, where when they were in the studio, they had a conversation and they put they released that. And um, Kanye was like, yo, I don't agree with everything he does. And T.I. was like, wait, pause there. What do you agree with that he does? And Kanye was like, yo, just the fact that like this guy is literally the enemy of America. And he had so much confidence that he didn't care what the fuck people thought about him. And he was still able now questionable how he won the election. Right. But still, like the man had the confidence as much as he was hated. And it seemed like he there was no way possible he could win this thing to like not give a fuck about how anyone felt and live his life and, and actually believe in himself and actually feel like he was going to win and win. All right. So that's what he was saying. He liked So he, that he needs to continue to say that message, but don't get on TMZ right. and say all the Wayne, bullshit. Right. Wayne, because that makes, that makes a hundred percent sense to me. Like right. I can't, yeah. back, cause right. I feel the same exact way. Absolutely. Cause we yeah. all can aspire to be yes. that way. Yo, it, our platforms, all of us, you know what we're doing, what I'm doing, what you guys are it's, doing. That's like, what it's about. Yo, you, <laughs> you gotta, gotta be like, yo, yeah. fuck what y'all think. Yeah. This shit going to pop regardless. Yeah. You right? got kick in the door, bro. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I feel like, you know, to wrap that up, like, I just feel like he, he's got to be, it's okay to, to see something in someone that you like, but I think the responsible thing after the fact is that you have to be, you have to be uh, equally willing to condemn the things that you don't like. Absolutely. Right? So sure, you highlight these things that are positive. Then you use that opportunity to say, now what we need to have a conversation about is how, you know, our community needs you know, whatever it is that you're feeling, like, yo, 
you know, the bigotry has to stop. The racism and the xenophobia mm. has to stop, right? We have to have those conversations also. Damn, that looks crazy. There's a gang of... Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like five in them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you have to be responsible to have that conversation as well. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, you have your opinions, cool. Now you, you handled them responsibly where you said, where you told both sides of the story. Because like by, you know, latching onto that one thing and then acting as if all of the harm that he's done to society doesn't exist, it's yeah. just not fair. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's that hit the shit. For right. Real, for real. Right. So so just to bring it back, so out of the, the good the good the good music summer so far, y'all rating it what? Like 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 albums, yeah. like one to five. Are we ranking the albums? Or I just, was gonna say what do y'all rate it as? Oh, like their whole releases. Yeah. Oh, um like like uh, okay, so so I was thinking you were saying like rating one. Nigga, five. grade the jump, man. What do you what do you oh, think the grade? Great, great, good. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, on a scale of one to ten, I'd say like a six. So far, okay. I was I was looking for some letter grades, but all right. Oh, like, uh, like, like I was a, about to give a number two. <laughs> yeah, like like a like a a B minus. B minus okay, because that's a six. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yo, when I, hey, yo. hey yo, when I was at when I was you know, listen when I was at College Park, dog. That's funny. These niggas had an A, yeah. then had A plus, A, A minus, B, 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 B plus on my, my bad, yeah. and then B, B minus. Got dog. you. Okay. Yeah, they, All right. And that B minus is like a two seven five GPA, bro. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Just, that's a C. That shit. Oh, just that's up. fucked up. But I only I only say that because I think. Kanye isn't allowing other people to be their creative selves. Because Kanye... His decision trumps everybody's. Yeah, Kanye is so... No pun intended. Kanye is a creative genius. He literally is. But, like, when it, when it comes to, like, certain people and them owning their music, you have to allow, like, a marriage between the production and their vocals. Absolutely. You can't just dunk... And like for me, and when you hear the stories, like that's what Kanye is doing. He he scrapped Pusha T's whole heard album. That, right? Yeah. He said, "Yo, I could do these beats better." It's yeah. like, so Pusha's like, "Yo, I'm crazy. the one that has to massage these relationships." Still, now I got to go back to these producers and like, look, man, right. yeah, this shit ain't gonna make it. Some of these niggas is banking on this check, right? Same thing with with Tan. She ain't want to work with fucking Kanye. She, I know the, the shit that Kanye is saying because she's real as shit. I know she's disgusted by the shit that that nigga's talking about. And like I said, when you when y'all Mark my words. When y'all go back and listen to her first album and you compare it to the second one, you're like, well, who produced this shit? Who produced the first one? Wow. She should have went back to them. Sounds completely different. It's 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 just the kind the Kanye wave, bro. Like when I listen to albums and songs produced by Kanye lately, it's I hear the production just drowning out the actual true feeling and the meaning mm. of the song. Cause like for a good song to happen, right? It needs good production, right? So the first time you probably listen to a song, you listen to the beat and shit, it's like, all right, bet. And then you listen to it again. Now you listen to it more for the vocals. Like, what are they truly saying? And then the third time you listen to it, you marry the two together. And that's how you come up with, all right, this is a great song or it, or it needs some work in some areas. You listen, especially that Nas album, dog. That's I literally, I want to hear what Nas is saying, but I just can't get over the fact that this shit just don't match. But, but pause that. Just pick back up on the thought in a minute. The biggest like rip on Nas's career has always been his production. Yeah. Growing since we since we were kids, we've always been talking about how Nas is just 
a supreme lyricist. When he raps, is like in a different language. How mm-hmm. nice he is, but the production has never been there. So we've always said like, what if what would a Nas album sound like if it was executive executively produced by uh, Kanye or by Rick Ross? Like Ross has the best ear in the business. Ross and probably Nipsey, mm-hmm. and the motherfuckers picked the best beats. Imagine if they were in the studio with Nas putting it together. So when we hear Kanye's about to do, we like, oh shit, bet. I was actually going to ask, right? Because like I was actually about to bring up a similar point. Is it the fact that you know Kanye outshines his artists, or is it maybe that's because Nas has made a career thriving off you know beats that maybe weren't up to the caliber of his raps, or so we thought. Maybe he needs more muted music or music that's not um, as detailed. In order to like for his sound, his sound to kind of shine through. The detail wasn't an issue for me. It was mm. the tempo. Okay. That album is way too slow. We need to hear Nas on those aggressive, faster beats. When you slowed the beat down, it doesn't it doesn't mesh. His voice, the way that he rides beats, it just doesn't it just doesn't work for me. And when you hear like the tempo of that album, that that the album is very slow. And I just don't know if Nas's like vocals and his rhyme patterns mm. really get to bounce around right. when it's on something that slow. Hey, and I like I feel, said, that's why I said it just to me it just don't sound like it was supposed to be that. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that is true. But I mean, going back to your point about Nas, Nas has I mean, I know people always say about like he he needs good production, but Nas has some songs that are damn near perfect. I mean, you think about like um Made you look. You think about one mic. Yeah. You think about halftime. You think about rewind. Like the message. The message. Like it, like yeah. the New if York I ruled the world. Yeah. Like the production on that joint with his style was like a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think Kanye's style was is for Nas. Maybe like a Ross. Cause like like you said, Ross is the only person that I know who can have Nas, Jay Z, and like Jeezy on the track and that shit. Go. Ross is gifted. Like, like that shit. Like every every time, like Ross even said, every time me and Jay on the track, they <laughs> they say this shit from out of space or some shit. Cause like they collab is crazy. Crazy. The Ross is crazy. The, he's yo. literally he, you know how girls we always talk about the glow up. Ross is the glow up artist of all rapper of all fucking time. Mm. When you hear Porto Miami yeah. to where he's at now, it's yeah. night and day. Ross's ear is uh, is fucking amazing. He's talented. When he's Lil Wayne was running the game, mm-hmm. Ross was the one that put the really pushed that nigga. Cause you gotta think about it. Like when Lil Wayne, what was it like? Oh, oh, six to oh nine, like that mm-hmm. range. Ross is coming out with some heat, bro. And then they had the little like back and forth where they did John, and then they did um, Nine Piece, mm-hmm. and and um they had a they had a couple other tracks, Hustle Hard remix mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like Ross, that was the time you weren't you weren't really listening to it that much because Wayne was was heating up every track. But you go back and listen to them tracks, dog. Ross is giving that nigga yeah. a run for his money. Yo, Ross bodies everything. Yeah, I like mean, he still has some of the best verses on niggas' albums, like yeah. on a uh, what's that joint, Devil in a Red Dress. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That verse is the best verse oh, yeah. on that album. And yeah. that album is damn near flawless. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so far that, for my grade, I'm giving That's a classic. I, my beautiful uh That's I think that is my second favorite uh Kanye album. Okay. Yeah. What's the first? Mm-hmm. Probably uh um, college, dropout. college dropout, yeah. Shout out my, yeah, my favorite graduation. Dropout. I like graduation too, but I feel like he missed like it's like one and a half, <clears throat> one and a half misses on it. Sure. Like 
drunken hot girls that need to be on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that used to be my shit, man. For real? Because that was like fresh. That was sophomore. Sophomore, <laughs> in sophomore year of college. So you know, niggas can relate to that shit, man. Going out every fucking weekend, trying. Get, it's just you know so what out man? of place. I know. Yeah. Sonically and like, like it was just like, and I felt like Barry Bonds, even though it was good. Mm-hmm. I also felt like it was. It like, wasn't. Yeah. What's what's this doing on here? I don't. I never liked any Wayne or Kanye's verse on that shit. I, oh, Barry I, Bonds. That's, that's my automatic skip on that joint. Yeah, really? I don't, I don't like more than Drunk Hot Girls. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, like that, I fuck with rocking hot girls, dog. When you start doing that grungy uh, shit, shit. yeah, man. I love that joke, man. But I say so. I listen to the three. I listen to three out of the five or whatever oh, releases. Yeah. Um, I've liked. I push it to me. Yeah, five out of head, five. Head and shoulders. Album is fucking flawless to me. Amazing album. And it's a, it's it fits Pusher. It fits, fits his style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fits Pusher. Um, TT's. Eh. I got to listen to a couple more times. I'm just not a fan of it. And Nas, it, that album was hard for me to get through, honestly. Damn. Yeah. Deadass, yo. The first yeah. time I played the Nas joint, I was in my car with my, my best friend and my brother. And, you know, we, we listened to Nas growing up, bro. My, like, my brother put me on the Nas. So we turned on that joint, got through, like, three songs, <laughs> and forgot it was playing. <laughs> and I just, I was like, yo, you want to listen to something else? And just switch the joint. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to get through for me. How so- y'all feel about... um? Oh, I gotta get my rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you about to get these niggas a B plus. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's about like this whole shit I've been on with like this whole like yo embrace the creativity. Everyone's creating. Mm-hmm. Everyone's art is art. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's what it is. Um, but nah, I'm, I was fucking with it. I I give them like a um, shit. What you say? You said a uh, B minus. You had a nah. So when you six. said a six, yeah. So it was a. Yeah, I, I have it as like a seven, seven point five. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like it's it's average. It's average. I think um, for me, I have I have Nas. I like the Nas's. I think Nas is like a you know seven and a half. I think um, uh, Pusha is like a nine, mm-hmm. and then I put Tiana Tiana at like a seven. For now, mm-hmm. I liked it. Um. And then I thought Ye was like I thought Ye was seven worthy. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like and then a kid sees ghost, I can't even really rate because I feel like I just sped through that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I mean I think like seven and a half is like fair for them. I definitely don't think it was trash. I like I do like what they're doing though. I think the seven or oh, towns eight, but that seven, eight song range, I think that's perfect, especially because we live in that microwave age. Yes. It's so much music out right now that right. it's hard to get to. I still haven't heard J Rock's album. Oh, yeah, okay. Everybody keeps talking. Yeah, I, I just haven't that, gotten a, a chance to listen to it yet. Listen, Freddie Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs, that's it. my man. He just dropped the album. I, I actually listened to that J Rock in there. Freddie Gibbs. I listened to the first half of Freddie. I haven't heard it. L- listen to that J Rock. I heard. Yeah, yeah. Schoolboy, my favorite rapper on TD. So I, I, I man, he coming. I think it's supposed to be this soon, year. right? Yeah, yeah, because he was. I loved his last album, Blank Face or whatever. Amazing. He is such an underrated talent, man. Mm-hmm. Schoolboy, he was good. Fuck with what you boy. think about the uh, the first half of that Freddie? It came on weird to me. <laughs> like the last joint, a uh, Shadow of a Doubt, man. Mm-hmm. For those who know, I, mean, I talk about on podcasts all the time. And Freddie, one of my favorite rappers, Shadow of a Doubt to me is a classic album. This one, it came on kind of weird, so it was kind of hard to get through the first couple yeah. songs. Like, like you said, you riding around, like you kind of forget you listening to it. Yeah. So now I had to get back to the crib and throw the headphones on and like. Really listen get into to it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't give a fair assessment right now because I haven't listened to it. I, whole I think body. I got to go back and listen to it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, hold up. So, y'all ain't bring up the album to talk about. The, the yeah. Carter joint? Yeah. 
How we feel about it? Okay, so we first talked about our last episode. Mm. I liked it. Okay. Right? I was listening to On The Way Up Here, and I really realized I fucking love that album. Yes. I I didn't I I did not want to like it. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> Just because I wasn't a I'm not a big fan. I think it's a a game. You okay. know what I mean? Like she puts out lemonade, mm. he responds back mm-hmm. with four, 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 now it's all we all come together. It's like, man, <laughs> don't play with the, don't play with emotions right, like that. Like right, right. I didn't want to like it, but man, I fucking love that album. It's fine. I love that album. I don't like um oh, what's the joint? Uh what's the joint after boss? Oh, I love nice. it. Nice. Nice. I don't like nice. I can do everything. Nice is fire, I kind of skip over yeah. nice. Uh, yes. Everything else to me, I love it, man. Wow. So, yeah. I fucking love it. I don't know why. It's nice. I think it's just the way it first comes along. I don't want to say shit. Skip over to, shit. But to, I like get, boss. I don't like ape shit like that, but I get it. Me too. 713 is fire. Yeah. Black effect or whatever. Yeah, Black theory. Yeah. Oh, it's fire. All of it. I think love happy is so beautiful. Fire. So beautiful, yeah. dog. Friends. Yes. Right. No, friends is be coming back to friends because I got a question about that. But are you, I see you. Yeah. About to so, say so getting back to your point about like the uh, how they structure with lemonade and four four four, they Jay Z and and one of his interviews talked a lot about like therapy. And I know we keep coming back to like mental mental health and the black community and stuff. And I I just wonder if the therapist whoever they because they went to a marriage counselor mm-hmm. if they that therapist told him like, yo, you have to. Mm. put it in your music mm-hmm. in a way that's like not too telling of the situation mm-hmm. but like expressive of it right you know what i mean and 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 i think what you see now is two people who are allowing themselves to heal through their music you know what i mean because it, it it literally has generated more creative juices from them that i've never even seen before like yeah. beyonce on the track just going off she's rapping she's singing she's She's drinking on the joint, like <laughs> like she doing everything. But as far as this album, first time I listened to it, I was like, "Shit, this shit, I don't want to listen to this shit again." Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was like, "All right," I got to seven one three joint, mm-hmm. like halfway through, and I was like, "Oh shit, all right." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "All right, let me let me give it another try." This is Jay, you know, it's Beyonce. Let me get yo. The more and more I listen to this shit, it grows, man. That shit is like damn near like. That shit is damn near flawless. What were you dog. doing the first time you heard it? I was I was just in the kitchen. Okay. I, I, I put the Bose speaker on, and I was just I was literally like chilling watching uh, World Cup soccer. Okay. Uh, I was at my girl house. I think we had just ate. I think this came out on like a week. This come out like on a weekend. I can't. Yeah, Saturday. I think we're getting ready to go somewhere. Okay. So when I got the notification, the title notification, and okay. I put it on. And in the crib. In the crib. So okay. it, it, yeah. it wasn't, to me, the first list, I hate listening. Okay. I need to be in the car. Got you. For so when you started yeah. to like it, it was in the car? Yes. When I started driving around, I'm like, okay, this is growing on me. To be honest with you, I think the album, I could live with nice. It's the ape shit. I just wish it wasn't on there, yeah, but I too. get it. I get it. Yeah. The question I have, though, for y'all is, how the fuck can Jay be so nice at this age? Son. Son. It's the, crazy, dog, his, his rhyme patterns on this album. Son. It, it's it they they found a way to mesh their skills and their talents perfectly. Yeah, right. Like I, at first, I when I heard the joint, I was like, "Yo, this sound like a Beyonce album featuring Jay Z." You really felt that way at first, okay. and, and then I listened to it again. I was like, "Yo," I was like, "This is a Jay Z album featuring, featuring Beyonce. Beyonce," and then I was like, "Wait." But it, bro, they're like, featuring each other. You can look it, at it both just, ways. Yeah. It's perfect. Like yeah. that perfect. shit. Like 
nobody outshines each other on the song. Like JB rapping his ass off to weird ass beats. Bro. Yeah, the energy, the energy that he brought to this album is 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 just on some different shit, man. And, and he talking about like like non hard shit. You know what I mean? He's not talking about like killing niggas. <laughs> yeah, right. and, like. You know what I mean? It's not like, like 96, Jay. By yeah, the way, that's a 25, 20, or 20, 20 whatever 22, it is. 22. It's, it's just, like you said, it's the, the beats are weird and like he just finds pockets. Jay's the best to ever do it, man. Son, getting in Jay, the Jay's bag. Jay's the best to ever fucking do it. I don't care what nobody says. That nigga is the best to do it. Like that nigga Period. made me nice. want to listen to him talk about how his marriage was going bad and how like, you know, he, he got a good friend circle now. He didn't go to his friend. Like, he, he my, made me want to listen to shit. I know where, I think I know where you're going. Yes, I, I got to ask about that, man. My favorite bar is what you talking about. That nigga said, what that nigga said? He said, I don't give a, f-. he said, I ain't, I ain't going to nobody. I ain't going to nobody. Nobody's nothing. nothing. Me, me and my wife, wife beefing. beefing. Dog, that's, that's real. That's super real. Damn. Nigga. Y'all, that's how y'all feel? No, that is nigga, real, bro. Nigga, nigga, oh, nigga, shit. nigga look. Especially when you hear like the full story. This was going really well, look, guys. Man, look, <laughs> and, and, and like, like, yes, especially when you hear the full story, but like, the thing is, is when you're in a relationship, a committed relationship, dog, like your woman comes first. Like that's just it. Like your your wife, your wife comes first. Like it, yo, your wife comes first. I don't know how else to say it. Like him showing up to that wedding without his wife, and I don't even know if it's necessarily the wife, but it's just the health of the relationship. Yeah, or, like I mean, whatever that yeah. may be. But yeah, it's tied to your wife. But yeah. you're right. Why the fuck would I go to a wedding with you? You just cheated on me. The girl that you cheated on me, the woman that you cheated on me, is, is that probably going to be at the wedding. We around a bunch of people being happy. So now I got to turn on my fakeness for you. As Beyonce is the, you know, as Beyonce is the wife, I'm like, nigga, I ain't going. And Jay, as the husband, is like, you know what, babe? I you ain't right. going either. You right. Let's work this That's, shit out. Yeah. It's too much drama, too much static going on in the house for me to go out and pretend to be happy. Fuck what y'all got going on, Kanye. I love you, Kim. I may not love you, but good luck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we gotta figure this out at home first. This nigga said, "When y'all niggas fuck up, y'all can get by by buying a bag." By buying a bag, he dog. said. I had to change the weather, weather. dog. Nigga, nigga, <laughs> he moved his yo. What Beyonce said on the joint? They say he fucked up and had to buy me a whole new ring. Yeah, he said he fucked up the first time, had to get me married, bruh. <laughs> Uh, Y'all just talking that shit on the album. Yeah. Yo, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I actually feel like you guys just made a sound argument, so I can't really come back to that. I feel like that's that's a good point. But I'm, I'm a, I, I got something else to say. I feel that. like, yo, the way Ye sees Jay, I don't. I feel like now it's clear to me Jay may not, you know, Jay. I don't know, you know, that, that may be, you know, that's yay. You know, we work together. You cool, right? I don't know if it's like, but I feel like yay, like genuinely loves, that loves this dude, he, he right? He idolized that right? nigga. Idolizes him, right? Yeah. You know, like, and to the point where like. I, it's unhealthy sometimes. Right. Because, you know, you can hear like, even with like Cole, right, who came and he was signed under Jay, like, you know, they, they say how Cole was like so much of a fan and all that. And like, but you could see him, he kind of grew out of it, right? Like he got there and like, it's kind of like, well, they in the room now, they, you know, they support each other here and there. But like, you could tell Cole's kind of like, all right, cool, that's, that's Jay. And like, he does his own thing, right? But I think Ye was always looking for that stamp of approval. That acceptance. And that acceptance, right, from, from Jay. So I feel like uh, Jay don't stamp nobody. Right. Jay to me probably might be the hardest nigga to work for because he don't give you shit. Right. Jay ain't a handout type of nigga. And even uh, even outside of like a business perspective, just even from like a 
you know, like a, yo, show me love. You know what I mean? Like, can every, can something feel like that, you know, that connection, that connected love as opposed to like transactional or like very like strategically business focused. And I feel like yay values that expression and emotion so much. So like somebody don't come to your wedding that you love and like, all you, you know what I mean? You probably, idolize that person. that nigga more than his wife. Right. But, but, and I think he overestimated mm, their relationship. To me, Jay's was one of them old school New York niggas. Like, I'm not going to give you shit. You're going to earn everything. Mm. I'm not going to show you certain kind of emotions. Like, right. it is what it is. Like, I, Kanye just ain't come around to that. Kanye really looks up to him like he's Absolutely. his big brother. Right. I looked it's, at that, uh, my bad, I looked at the Friends song like it was a Kanye diss. Me too. Straight up. Well, Me he, too. He also this Drake on Jay, Jay always wants to. Yeah, it. but like but the I'm, way I'm, that the way that Jay said that shit in like particular, you, I ain't going to nobody's nothing. Yeah. So basically, stop fucking asking me. Stop fucking don't talking about that. it. If you don't get it, if you we don't get meant it, to be friends, dog. Damn. That was the killer right there. That was the killer right there. That if you don't understand that, we ain't meant to be friends. Basically, you <laughs> told that nigga Kanye fuck off. Dead ass. <laughs> told that nigga fuck off. Yeah. Dead ass. Which I think is a harsh ass way. <laughs> And then, and, and then, <laughs> to nah, address nah, it nah, but, but, nah. but you gotta think about it you back Jay into a corner because you're constantly talking about they it they asked him about on, it though, on Char- the Charlamagne interview but that ain't the first time they've asked Kanye about this shit multiple mm-hmm. Kanye went on a fucking tour and ranted about that shit for up 20 every minutes. stop he's an expressive man he ain't, they ain't never bring blue out over the crib why the <laughs> fuck you mentioned the blue on stage and then and then you got Beyonce coming on the uh, the track just talking about keep your friends circle tight who, who, who she talking about Son, <laughs> yo, yo, Beyonce just with the subtle disses, dog. She she learned I, from the I, best. Yo, I love I love her talking greasy, dog. But she learned from the best. She was Jay's like the I, ultimate sleep I, disser. She was like, "You lucky I ain't kill you, nigga." Oh yeah. So when I met that, I was like, "Damn." Yeah, now nah, that shit's hard. What about the uh, what's the joint that he dissed Drake on? What's the name of that shit? Um, oh, boss, boss, boss. yeah. Yo, yeah. get that nigga whole verse. Yeah. Hey, look, man. Niggas rather Drake, Drake, work for the man than work, work with me. me. Drake is, Drake is like, Drake is the reason why niggas nowadays don't respect LL Cool J as one of the best rappers ever. Because at, at a point, I don't in even time, know how you made that connection. No, no, no. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this because, like, at, at one point in time, LL, because, like, for, for like, at one point in time, LL Cool J was the best rapper out. Like, you know, he just had all the songs, all the hits, and all that. But a majority of his fans, uh, um, comparing them to other rappers, were were mm-hmm. women, right? And you see the similarities between him and Drake. You know, being able to make like a love song, and then being like the the um, having the sex appeal, and then being able to also rap as well. But a majority of Drake's fans, compared to other rappers, are women. And then now you got Drake. He's like this, this this figure where he's like he has so much clout and he thinks he's hard he can say whatever he wants just like LL Cool J but then the niggas in the industry are like nah like you you're not you can't you you can't just you can't just walk around like you own everything cuz you don't what where's your work what what work did you put in mm-hmm. that's why Pusha called this nigga out that's why Jay always taking shots at this nigga like it's just niggas niggas are going to call you bluff you know what i mean and you you can play what you you can do what you want, but like you hide behind Wayne, you know what I mean? Like you hide behind Birdman, like them niggas bring you up. You hide behind Jay Prince, mm. like just because you're around niggas who are about that life, don't mean you're about it. You know what I mean? You just protect it in a way. So I, that's I, I just feel like niggas in the industry be like, "Son, we hear you, but like 
you, you can get the money, but you don't get the respect. But the, the funny thing is, though, it be them same niggas that call them for that feature when they need them. Absolutely. Nigga, mm-hmm. Drake, Drake on the hook? <laughs> it goes. Drake on the hook is... Number one hit. I ain't said it. There's no friends. The whole industry is fake. You know what I mean? I, and I thought that's what was going to happen during this push of beef. I thought it was kind of kind of draw lines between certain relationships. Like, what side you on? You either on my side or you on this side? But from what I've seen, a lot of the rappers, they they, they hit us with the generic answer. You know, we love the sport. Yeah. You know, we like to see that they just kept the music, blah, blah, blah. But the shit that he was saying, a lot of these, you know, a lot of them, I'm sure they feel the same exact way. But again, it's Drake. So you can't really unless you unless you're ready to face the consequences. Cause you yeah, you can't come out because Pusha don't give a shit about his don't uh, got nothing to lose. His, his numbers. And yeah. he actually did better numbers off that joint. They, they said the nigga sold I think it was like eighty percent of his albums were actual physical copies. I don't even know where you buy physical CDs anymore. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Pusha? Yeah, he I think in the first week he sold like eighty thousand and they said out of those, I think it was like seventy five or eighty percent were actual physical albums. Wow. That's that's some niggas in uh, Eastern Shore, down, Virginia. Down seven five, down seven five. Walk, walk to their Best Buy. <laughs> Is Best Buy still open? Best Buy still be open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk to their Best Buy and got their push album, and that's dope to me. That that tells me that you connect. It's real support. You connect with a certain demographic of niggas, and those be the same you, niggas that want you to keep rapping. You don't. About what you you don't. About. You don't leave them niggas behind. You always gotta niggas. Niggas always want to come up. You always gotta represent where you from, man. Hey. That's a fact. But you think Kanye gonna do another song with Drake? I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for Drake's album. I'm hearing there's a double disc. I know there's gonna be a lot of sneak he, dissing on there. No, nah, he gotta push a disc on that joint. Oh, it's guaranteed. I doubt it. Guaranteed. Not it's a full be, on disc is gonna be sneak. Yeah, subliminal, yeah. yeah. I knew he was gonna do that shit. I had my group chat was going off. By the way, group chat, when you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> told y'all niggas. Yeah. I the minute the minute uh Pusher came with that heat, I was like, nah, Drake not coming. If he does, it's gonna be like some you know, some subtle, subliminal hey, look, talking, but man, I knew he wasn't going to come for I real. I got a question for y'all. Best this song ever. That's a hard one. It was so many. Cause even Ether you, for me. Even when you look back at like some of like the, the D-Block, like Rockefeller disses, you look at some of like the Button and G-Unit disses, you look at Button and fucking Ransom and you're looking at 50 and everybody. Yeah. Like it's just so hard to call it. 50, 50 was for one me. of the best diss rappers for me, but the game had a bunch of disses to niggas like the, the game. <laughs> Three hundred bars. Oh, the niggas. Nah, that, the the best diss song game had was that Spider Joke joint. The uh, it, it's it's called it's 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 literally um Spider Loke was on G oh, for like yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. He made the song called Spider Joke. He was like he had the bar. He was like, "You the reason niggas push mute when they play Madden." <laughs> Oh, cause he was on the uh, he was on the, the soundtrack. Yeah. I was like, shit, niggas ain't never listened to Spider Luke after that on Madden. Yeah, nah, it's it's so many. I don't know what my, fa- my I think probably one of my favorite disses is probably the Blueprint Two joint. Son, that's the perfect diss song. I think that's one of my favorite joints. That man. I was I was I was just about to say this. I was like, the perfect diss song to me is the Blueprint Two, mm-hmm. cause like he 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 learned from Super Ugly. Super Ugly, he did the whole push the joint, just went straight low blow. But the Blueprint 2 is a perfect diss song. It's all facts, straight facts, and it has the the rap quality. Production is crazy. That, I, that, 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 that beat is so damn dark. I love that shit. Like, that, that, that's in my favorites on, on title. Like, you listen What's to right? that shit. Blueprint, 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 Blueprint 2. 2. The, the song. <laughs> the title track. Yeah. <sighs> that shit is perfect, dog. Like, I brought the that's Blue- the one where he admitted he lost, though, right? No, he didn't admit he lost, dog. He, he said... 
it, yeah. it was a real this it was a real rap song he was like i will not lose for even in defeat there's a yeah, valuable there lesson go. learned so it evens yeah, yeah. it up for me yeah. so it's like it's like niggas are saying i lost but like i don't i won the battle i mean you won the, he won battle, the war but i won the war yeah he, like, but, but at the time he had did not win the war no but he's yeah. come out on i mean clearly right he All dropped time, the day yeah. after this I nigga mean, like, i mean he was <laughs> but, that's what i that's what I, I have not been able to get that thought off yo jay-z is petty dog petty. Petty. Oh, I ain't gonna drop the same day. I'm gonna just on a Saturday because no one does that shit. Who drops on a Saturday? On it, fucking it Saturday afternoon. Right after Nas? Come on, nigga. You knew what time it was. Like, yeah. First of all, like he funny. be mushing them. The funniest part is, is like it took forever for them to upload the Nas. When they said they were still like working on the album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even after the fucking listening party. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So he drops the shit late. That nigga six hours later <laughs> dropped that six fucking less than that. This nigga dropped the fucking du- like the the duet album that everybody been looking for. Man, how fucked up is hey, that? Yo, I had like six, seven people text me like, "Yo, the album has dropped." Like, like the Jay and uh, mm-hmm. Beyonce, they was like, "We have an album." I was like, "What the fuck y'all talking about?" They got Nas the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, <laughs> that shit is fucked up. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Uh, that's wild. Well. It's been a good podcast, fellas. Hey, yo, it's been a good one, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all. We've been Big time. For, for a minute. Yeah, thanks for opening up the doors, letting us come through, record, man. You know, like anybody else that comes out here, man, plenty, plenty, plenty uh, good energy your way to all your endeavors, man. We definitely want to see it grow. Thank you. We definitely going to pull up to your events, pull up to our shit. We got, yes. we got something big coming up. Uh, we keep saying every episode, episode but for, do you say for we, days, we basically, actually, yeah, I think we the, we the day after y'all. I I think I know the date. Don't say the date. Okay. I said I was it. Yeah. Well, okay, that's even yeah. perfect then. That's, but I think it's the, the that, day that, after you. That marries well. <laughs> that marries well. Yeah. Um, so definitely be on the lookout. We're going to make that announcement very, very soon. Um, but yeah, man, make sure, shout out to your social medias one more time. Oh, um, all platforms, I splatter. So that's I-S-P-L-A-D-R. Word. Yep. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? Man, I ain't got nothing, man. We usually take it out with a vibe of the day, man. So you, you got any, uh, you got a song? Are you the guest, man? You pick. Um, man, Love Happy, through. man. It's beautiful. Love, love Happy. Happy? Yeah. Um, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Beyonce, Jay-Z. I don't know. Who's it, who's it featuring? The Carters. The Carters. The there Carters, we go. Yeah. That's a respectful way. All yeah. caps. <laughs> All caps. Yeah, that song's Why beautiful, is that, man. man? Heard, heard about us. Mm. All caps. You can't silence them, dog. All caps. I thought, I thought my Spotify was tripping. I was like, nah, why? Is friends all caps too? Or nah? All, everything. The whole everything. Everything's all caps. Everything. Because yeah. they, they, we major. Even bro. the Carters. The, the actual Carters yeah. themselves is all caps. Kendrick's was like that too. Yeah. It's like some weird shit going on, uh, huh? Illuminati. Like some, you know what I mean? Yeah. I used to be one of those. Body. <laughs> I used to be one of those conspiracy theorists yeah. too. <laughs> it's just like with the sevens. How do you do all seven albums, man? I yeah, forgot what the fuck going Tiana's on. Tiana's was eight. She was Shout eight. out to her. That eighth one should have been left off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was straight voguing. Hey, look. Runway music, bro. I ain't gonna lie. After this, I'm waiting on another Beyonce album, bro. All right, man. Listen, we out. <laughs> <laughs>
Bay with a big yacht. Sipping Yamazaki on the rocks. He went to Jared, I went to Jar out in Parry. Yeah, you fucked up the first song, we had to get remarried. Yo, chill. We keeping it real with these people, right? Lucky I ain't kill you when I met that Yeah, I know how I met her. We broke up and got back together. To get her back, I had to sweat her. Y'all can make up with a bag, I had to change the weather. Move the whole family west for this, whatever. In a glass house, still throwing songs. Hover. Jesus, watch the mouth. Can change, baby. 